Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Tuesday, May 26, 2015. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani inside our New York City studio. Great to be here with you on a Tuesday. Hope you had a beautiful long weekend if you're joining us from the United States. If you're abroad, well, I'm sorry for leaving you hanging after an unbelievable weekend for the UFC. I know you're expecting to hear from us and see us on a Monday, but we had to honor our troops, had to celebrate them. So we took off for Memorial Day, but here we are on this special Tuesday edition of the MA Hour. Of course, we'll be back next week on our normal Monday slot. And of course, we couldn't miss a show. So much to discuss. UFC 187 has come and gone. And I said last week that it was the best fight card on paper. Well, you know how these things go. Sometimes they don't live up to that hype. This one did and then some. What a fantastic card. What a fantastic night for the UFC. Great performances. Great moments in the cage, out of the cage. We have a new UFC light heavyweight champion. His name is Daniel Cormier. Some are disputing that. I say they're crazy. The man holding the belt is the UFC light heavyweight champion, and that man's name is Daniel Cormier. Chris Wyman successfully defended his UFC middleweight title. He defeated Vitor Belfort in a a fun fight, a fight that at one point it looked like whew, a little tricky for Mr. Chris Wyman, but he pulled it out. He defeated him in the first round. Also, one of the greatest rounds you'll ever see, one of the greatest first round finishes you'll ever see Travis Brown Andre Arlovsky Andre Arlovsky wins an unbelievable embrace afterwards that in my opinion is everything we love and respect and and admire about mixed martial arts and its fighters a beautiful moment inside the cage and and what an unbelievable moment for Andre Arlovsky the guy has finally returned I mean he's had some big wins not that long ago, we were saying this is a guy who had no chin, glass jaw Arlovsky, and look what he's doing now. Taking massive shots from Travis Brown. Unbelievable. And then, of course, uh, Donald Cerrone picking up the big win over John McDessie on Saturday night as well. Eight in a row for him. Cowboys on a roll. He deserves a title shot. Anyone who says otherwise is crazy. So like I said, a lot to digest, a lot to discuss. Let's get into today's show. 3.30 We will answer your questions and comments. Hit us up. 
hashtag the MMA hour. You know the drill. Leave us a question or comment in the comment section below. At 325, we're going to go inside the vault. We have, uh, we have a clip this week that is very relevant. It pertains to the aforementioned light heavyweight division. I'm looking forward to sharing that one. Somewhat of a uh, historic clip. At 305, we're going to talk to Sarah McMahon. She's got a lot on her mind. She's coming off a loss to Misha Tate, a close fight. Couldn't pull it out. We'll see what's next for her. 245, we're going to talk to Bobby Green. He's got a big fight coming up July 15th against Ally Quinta. 225, we're going to talk to Benson Henderson. Why isn't he fighting Michael Johnson in July? We'll find out. Smooth stops by at 225. 205, we're going to talk to Joanne Calderwood. Straight out of Scotland. She returns to action July 18th against Beck Rawlings. That fight was announced late last week. We've been trying to have her on the show since her loss to Marina Moroz. And finally, she has obliged. I'm looking forward to talking to her very much. 145, Chris Wyman stops by. Can't wait for that. He'll talk about the big win. What's next? 125, the new UFC light heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier, stops by. I cannot wait for that. Before we get to our first guest of the day, let me remind you that the MMA Hour is presented by NOS. Do something epic. Go make your mark on the world. Hashtag with this NOS, I will. Follow them on Twitter, at NOS energy drink. So like I said, we have a lot to discuss as it pertains to UFC 187. So much to happen. I mean, really one of the best cards of the year, one of the best cards in a long time. So to help us break it all down, let us go to the Skype machine and welcome in our first guest of the day. He is our very own Dave Meltzer of MMAfighting.com and the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. How you doing, Ariel? I'm doing great as well. Like I said, honestly, still buzzing after Saturday night. Do you agree right now, best show of the year for the UFC? I think best main card. There have been some really good shows this year that, that have been, I would say, more balanced where you get the whole great show. But as far as top five matches with two like two of the best one-round fights you'll ever see, best main card. Um, I mean, I, I was thinking best main card on a pay-per-view since maybe UFC 139. Wow. Going that far back, Which was huh? the Yeah. Yeah, the, Shogun the, the, the Shogun who and Yeah, yeah, right. But you're biased because you're a San, San Jose guy and that took place at the Shark Tank, right? <laughs> yeah, Did you go to yeah. that show with your son? I was, well, I, know I was reporting, but my son was at – that's was, actually the only MMA show my son's ever seen is, is live is that, that show, yeah. Why just that one? There have been so many. Um, he's not a fan of MMA, but it was like, you know, when, when, when Frank Shamrock was fighting, we would always think about taking him. And then it was kind of like, cause he kind of grew up around Frank Shamrock. And then we always thought, well, what if Frank gets beat up? He's going to be traumatized because he was so little, you know, he was so young. So finally this was a show that was a big show and there was no Frank Shamrock on the show. And he went and, uh, you know, afterwards I talked to him and I go like, so, so what did you think? And he said that, uh. It was pretty good, and I go, well, I have to tell you that you're never going to see a fight as good as that yeah. main event, so this is, a, this is about as good as it's going to get. And he's never been to any show since? No, that's the only show he's been to. What about pro wrestling? Um, he's been to a AAA show, and I, think he, I don't think he's ever been to a WWE show, and I've actually talked to him. Usually when WWE comes down, you want to go, and it's always, nah, don't wow. go. That is that is yeah. fascinating stuff. Okay, let's get yeah. back to Saturday night in Las Vegas. I said at the top of the show that the big winner on Saturday night was the UFC. Of course, we're talking about it being a great night, so that's obvious. But I thought all the people that they needed to win won. Do you agree? Um, it was fortunate. I mean, in the sense that if Travis Brown would have won, I thought that that would have worked out fine. If um, you're picking 
with the benefit of hindsight, yeah, I, I think that, that all the key people that you would want to win won. And, uh, you know, just fantastic fights, fantastic atmosphere. Um, you know, going in, it was, it was a show where there were a lot of championship, you know, high contender championship shots at stake. And so when you came out, I mean, I, I can't think of a show where you came out of the show with more of a clear direction for the rest of the year because it's just like, you know, a bunch of championship or potential championship fights came right out of, yeah. of almost every winner. Great point. I actually said that on the weigh-in show. I thought it was the best card of the year on paper because you had two title fights and also you had title shots at stake potentially in the heavyweight, lightweight, and flyweight division. Um, I think Arlovsky winning is is great for the UFC because everyone remembers Arlovsky. He's a former champion. He's He's a guy that if you stopped watching MMA, you remember him as well. He has a great story now with this, you know, rejuvenation at Jackson's. Personally, I think it's Greg Jackson's best piece of work in a very long time. But we'll get to him in a second. Let's start at the top. Let's talk, start with Daniel Cormier. He won. Uh, it, it was a, it was a dominant performance. He 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 took a big shot and he kept on coming. And then he ended up submitting Rumble Johnson. Now this has been debated and it's a fascinating debate. And I want to get your take on it. Is Daniel Cormier the real light heavyweight champion? Do you consider him that? Yes, I consider him the real light heavyweight champion, but it's it's a weird thing because the the light heavyweight champion should signify the greatest light heavyweight fighter in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that he is not the greatest light heavyweight fighter in the world right now because John Jones beat him and John Jones is still even though he's suspended, he is an, you know, he is an active fighter. But the the reasons that John Jones lost the championship are valid reasons. And Daniel Cormier beat the number one contender. I mean, it, it wasn't like they threw two guys in that were, you know, they, they threw him in with like Ryan Bader. No, no knock on Ryan Bader. But he, they threw him in with Anthony Johnson, who was the number one contender. He beat the guy. Um, you know, it, it's, it's in a sense like I think I compared it to, to an Olympics, you know, um, where, you know, the Russians didn't come. And that's probably not even a fair one. But but it was one of those things where if you have a big world championship or a big meet and for whatever reason, the, the favorite, the number one guy, gets suspended, um, gets injured. The guy who wins is still the world champion, the mm -hmm. guy who wins that meet. And and that's how I view it. I view Daniel Cormier, yeah, as as the world champion with questions. And there's that big question that, that has to be resolved. And that's fine. That's what sports are all about. Fans are so passionate about this. And you look at Daniel Cormier's mentions on Twitter. Everyone's calling him, or a lot of people are calling him a paper champion. And I think it's because of what he said in the cage and also his history with John. But the, the thing that I feel like people are having a hard time separating is there's a difference between being the best in the world and being the champion. Sometimes the best in the world isn't the champion. And as Daniel Cormier has said, John Jones disqualified himself. So he is the champion. He is the lineal champion. When you look at the history books, whether or not you agree with the decision or not, the UFC has every right to do what they want with their title. It goes from, from Shogun Hua to John Jones to Daniel Cormier. This is not an interim belt. This is not Big Nog over Sylvia. This is not you know Shane Carwin over Frank Mir. So he is the lineal champion. And if you're the lineal champion, you deserve to be called champion and no one should take that away from you and and yes john jones right now if you ask me is the best in the world there's no doubt about it he fought daniel cormier a few months ago but if you remove yourself from the equation if you do something that is you know you're being charged with a felony and and and, and being charged with what he's being i mean yeah how's that daniel cormier's fault he stepped up to the plate and won the belt so i don't understand this 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 passion when people are trying to take that away from him he's the champion live with it yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it'd be like, um, you know, in, in any sport, in any sport, if something like this were to happen, I mean, the guy who wins Wimbledon, 
if, you know, at, at the end of Wimbledon, if uh, let's say, you know, the number one guy is arrested, let's say, and he sure. can't go and, and there's a meet, whoever wins, they, they won Wimbledon. It's not like, oh, well, uh, you know, but, but like I said, you know, we've got an open-ended question. We, we do not know who the best in the world is, or if we do, it's, it's John Jones, but Daniel Cormier is absolutely the legitimate world champion because he, he won a championship match. Uh, it, it reminds me of, to a degree, it's hard to make the, the clean comparison, but, you know, a few years back, the New England Patriots were undefeated up until the Super Bowl, and they lost to the Giants. A lot of people would still say they were the best team that year, but they didn't end up being the champion. They weren't the best team that night. Now, of course, they lost in a match, in a game, to, to not get that title, but sometimes the best in the world, which John Jones clearly is, no one's taking that title away from him, is not the champion. Even back in the day, you know, Fedor wasn't the UFC champion. He was still considered by many the best in the world. Chuck Liddell, you could say, was the UFC champion, but not the best in the world because he wasn't fighting in pride. So this isn't unprecedented. I think people feel weird about it because it's Cormier who just lost to Jones and because of what he said in the cage afterwards in particular. What did you make of that promo? I thought just off the bat, A plus, it, 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 was, it was a money-making promo. It was everything he needed to say, and that's it. What did you make of it? I thought that, you know, what's funny is I thought he would do essentially what he said at the press conference in the ring about his journey and everything like that, which we made a great speech at the press conference. That's, I mean, so, so what he did, the way he did it and he walked out and everything, it was completely not what I expected, but it was far more dramatic and it made a statement and it made it far more memorable than, than what I thought he was going to do. Um, when you're talking about A+, plus, it's like, that is the soundbite. Everyone who watched, see, that's, that's the thing. When, when the show is over, my, my idea of, of a great show is both great fights, which we got, but also when the show is over, you and me and every, you know, we, 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 we'll, we'll go around and talk. And it's like, we can't wait for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And this made, this made, like when that's over, everyone in the building is like, we can't wait for this fight. And, and I mean, it is a controversy and that controversy is good for the sport. Um, and it's, it's not an illegitimate made up controversy. I mean, there's a reason Daniel Cormier didn't get this championship for a bad reason, but you know, so things fall into place. And I think that, you know, Daniel is very smart on his feet and he did something that, you know, shocked people, but you know, we'll remember that like when George St. Pierre, you know, said, I'm not impressed with your performance. Yeah. You know, those, those type of lines that just you remember for a long time. And then when the fight comes, it makes the fight bigger. What I like about Daniel these days, two things. He's polarizing to a degree. There are some people who find him maybe a little too much. Some people find him very honest. But I think they all start to care about him now. I mean, everyone wants to either see him win or get his ass kicked. Also, and, 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 and Chael did a fantastic job of doing this. He's always setting himself up for future fights. So right now, he has right. that Jones fight in, in his back pocket, and we don't want to sweep his legal troubles under the rug because, you know, honestly, you know, we could talk to a, a, you know, Dana White about this all we want. I mean, no one really knows how long he'll be gone or if he'll ever fight again. So we don't want to dismiss that. But when's the last time people were legitimately interested in a Ryan Bader fight? And Ryan Bader fighting for the belt. Daniel Cormier being champion now puts a whole new fresh coat of paint on this division. All these new matchups... He hasn't fought at light heavyweight for a long time, so there's all these fresh matchups that you couldn't do with John. Now people are really into the Bader thing. What did you make of that? Because I thought his brilliance wasn't so much what he did in the cage, was that in the post-fight press conference, he had the presence of mind to then set up the Bader fight, which now all of a sudden I think everyone wants to see. Well, it made it, it, made it a viable fight that people were talking about. And, and yeah, yeah I, I, I think Daniel is really smart when it comes to 
this thing, and I when I see him in USC tonight, you know, I think that you know, his, you know, he comes off very personable. But he's always, whether it's his own fights or or his teammates' fights, he talks in a way, you know, like Chael, that that gets you interested in wanting to see these upcoming fights. And and him as champion, he's a good champion because he will say the right, you know, he'll understand how to promote his fights. Um, he's not, you know, every everybody's different. I don't think that people look at him as this unbelievable John Jones fighter. Mm-hmm. I think that people think that he's a guy who's really, really good. Perhaps he can get beat. You know, the, the Johnson, you know, if you put him with Johnson again, you know, and, and Johnson does tons of wrestling training, people will go, well, you know what? Daniel's a little older. Johnson nearly knocked him out in that first fight. You know what I mean? There's, there's questions. And so we have, instead of this, the dominant champion, we have the, the situation where you've got a very good champion, 15, 16 and one record, I believe. Yep. And, um, you know, but, but every fight is interesting. Now, Bader's going to be a tough sell for me because Bader's strength, you know, Bader does have knockout power, but Bader's strength is, is his wrestling. And I think Daniel's a, a class above as a wrestler. Sure. So it's going to be a tough stylistic matchup for Bader. You know, I can't help but wonder what Phil Davis is thinking, because now, I mean, you, you'd have to think he'd be very close to a title shot. If he didn't lose that Bader fight, you know, he, he, he had been knocking on that door for so long, but no one really believed that he would beat John Jones. And he, you know, he has the same issues that Bader will have, probably, you know, highly regarded, more highly regarded as a wrestler or as a, a straight wrestler. But now, you know, he's in Bellator and he's not going to get that title shot. He never even sniffed the title shot. So that's, that's obviously a different problem for a different day. So, so you have DC now as, as the real champion. That's what I consider him to be. He's not the interim champion. And then you have Chris Wyman, who, by the way, I still think should have probably been the main event because he was the real champion. He was the only one going in, right? Um, a great yeah. performance. I felt like this was a turn the corner performance for him like finally people are starting to realize this guy is really good and not just a fluke and speaking of promos wow i mean that was per much like dc's was perfect his was perfect in a different way it was passionate it was real and and it was just it was it was so perfect it was exactly what he needed to say do you agree with everything i just said well i think that chris weidman to me really turned the corner as a champion um i mean as 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 a fighter as a fighter really the machida fight but you know then he got injured so it kind of slowed some momentum but where i really saw chris weidman as a really good champion was on the april fox show Mm. after the luke rockhold fight when him and luke rockhold and dc were sitting there and they were they, they made me want to see luke rockhold against chris weidman so bad to the point where it was just like, I really hope Vitor doesn't upset this apple cart because I think we've got this great fight. We've got this great fight set up between these two guys who, from the dynamic, they did not feel like that they hated each other, but they absolutely had both had great confidence and they both looked, you know, have, have looked tr- like killers on the ground. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, was, was when they were doing the talking and they were going like, and, and Chris goes, you know, I'll smoke you on the ground. And I was thinking like, that's not Chris Weidman from before who would say a statement like that, right. To a guy who just looked great on the ground. And now it's like this thing, who's going to smoke who on the ground? Because, um, you know, uh, Rockhold smoked Lyoto, who's great on the ground and beat, you know, a, a, you know, Lyoto's a great fighter. And, uh, Chris just, as soon as he got Vitor on the ground, he destroyed him. So, I mean, I'm. It's another one where I'm coming out of this thing really looking forward to a big fight. And it, you know, again, the New York thing. Who knows how that's going to go? But you know, what a perfect. You know, maybe not the home, the, the sole main event, but what a perfect fight, uh, Chris Weidman and Luke Rockhold for the first show in Madison Square Garden. If there's, I would think you would want two title fights on it just because of that. But that's one of sure. the two. You know, the, the Long Island guy going. You know, against. The California, it's not necessarily the California, but the Long Island guy defending the championship. 
it's a beautiful fight because they're both in their primes. They're both looking yep. like absolute killers as of late. Like I could see, I could see if you pulled the arena that night, it would be 50, 50. If it's in a neutral site, not in New York or something, you know, it's like you can make a legitimate case for either guy at this point. I know, I know they haven't announced it. And I want to ask you about that in a second, but if I put you on the spot right now, who do you lean towards? I find that fight to be damn near impossible to predict. Yeah, boy, putting me on the spot. I, I, um, gun to your head. Man, oh man. Um, I guess, I guess, gun to my head, Chris Weidman. Hmm. But, but you know, um, boy, oh boy, that's a that's a hard one. It is so hard. I, I love it. I find it weird that they haven't come out and said that Rockhold is the number one guy. In interviews, he's kind of winking and saying, yeah, 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 trust me, I am. But why do you think they haven't come out and said it? Is there well, any chance they don't only, do it? It's only been, um, you know, a couple, it's only been a couple of days since the fight. But, but he could have been the number one contender off of Machida. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe, yeah, um, I, I don't know, but maybe, maybe it's just they're waiting for the big announcement for when, the, you know, the thing clears and they can announce mm. Madison Square Garden and they all announce it, you know, they, you know even though we, we know it's the right fight to make, maybe they're just holding off on trying to absolutely say it until, you know, that they can announce the Garden Show. I don't know. Well, you know, not to, to rain on anyone's parade, but the, the legislative calendar in the state of New York ends in June, uh, late June. So they have to do this rather quickly. I mean, the time, the clock is definitely, the clock is definitely ticking. The time is now, as, as they like to say. Speaking of number one contenders, is there any doubt that Donald Cerrone is the number one contender now in the lightweight division? No, because Khabib Nurmagomedov is hurt. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, there's, and, and you know what, even if, even if, um, even if he was healthy in time for a championship fight, you know, Cerrone's won eight in a row, and, um, you know, he won this one clean, and, 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 and it's his time. And, uh, yeah, it's just his time to get a championship fight. Honestly, he's infinitely more popular than anyone in the division right now, including the champion. Uh, he has this amazing connection with the fans. They love him. And this story coming out that he had a serious rib injury, and Greg Jackson was pleading with him to pull out of the fight, and he said, no way. Even when Nurmagomedov pulled out, that was his out right there. Look, at times you wonder, like, is this guy for real? Is, is this all an act? The guy really does practice what he preaches. And I think a, a Donald Cerrone title fight at this point can be sold to the public very well in 2015. Oh, I think it's uh, the best opponent for Dos Anjos. I think, uh, you know, it's a better opponent than Khabib as far as um, selling to the public because yeah. people, they've watched this guy rise. I mean, he's been in the spotlight, you know, going back to the WEC days, but certainly since day one in UFC and he's always come close to getting the championship fight. It's his first championship fight. Um, you know, and he's a... I think that there's there's a, a thing about him that people like in the sense that he's won a lot of fights, but he's lost a few. You can kind of empathize with his up sure. and down and up and down. Similar to Arlovsky, there's like... And, and Cormier to an extent, too. I think there's something to these guys that... Um, and, and what's great about the sport is one loss doesn't kill you and people understand that. And there's a rooting thing. I mean, I think Johnson... Honestly, I think Anthony Johnson made himself a bigger star in this fight just because of how he handled the loss. I couldn't agree more. He did everything that he needed to do in particular because he, he came off as humble. And I think that, again, some people may have questioned, is this for real? Is he really this humble now? Because there was a time where he was really cocky and he had gone through all this stuff and you're wondering, all right, is he just trying hard to get people to like him? But in your, in your lowest moment, when you lose a title fight and those colors come out, those are your true colors, I think. It's hard to fake it. Those were the colors that came out. I spoke to him in the locker room. The interview never aired. Um, the guy had a smile on his face and you could say, oh, well, why aren't you more upset? But he was like, look, life is good. 
I was never supposed to be here to begin with. I, I lost everything, and he was really handling it very well. So I give him a lot of props. Um, before we let you go, I want to ask you, do you think that Arlovsky should get the title shot, or should, should it go to... Let's just pretend that Kane wins. There's no immediate rematch or whatever, even if Verdum wins and they're not going to go, because they could very well do an immediate rematch if, if Kane wins or is controversial. But let's pretend that's not the case. Do you go with Arlovsky, or do you go with Miocic? That's a real tough one, um, because I think that Miocic is the better fighter, but I think that I would go... Right now, I would go with Arlovsky because I just feel it's a little bit more momentum, yeah. a little bit stronger to the public, and also Miocic can wait one. I think the longer Arlovsky waits one, the more you're hurting him. You know, it's, you know what I mean? So there's just a little thing. I mean, I. So yeah, I would go with Arlovsky. I think you need to strike while the iron is hot here. You know, I mean, this is yeah. this is lightning in a bottle stuff. No one expected this. 2015 to have Andre Arlovsky in the UFC period on a three-fight winning streak. Coming off, arguably, you know, the round of the year, fight of the year, whatever you want to call it, is, is special stuff. They need to capitalize on that. You wrote an article uh, for MMAfighting.com before the event saying that Pacquiao Mayweather might hurt this show as far as pay-per-view buys, which is not a crazy concept. I know we're just a few days removed. It was a holiday yesterday. But do you have any indication how this did on pay-per-view? I have no indication at all. So um, it's funny because Kevin Ioli and I usually talk about how the pay-per-view is going to do the, you know, uh, before the fight, either the day before or the, the day of. And we're usually pretty darn close. And we were very far apart. Uh, he was much lower than me. I mean, I was thinking five, okay. maybe even six. And he was thinking maybe three and a quarter, you know, because and, and you know, the, the thing is, is he thought more of an effect of the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight than I did. I, I mean, I think it has an effect. Um, and then it would have done whatever the number is. I think it would have done better. But I think I, you know, my gut is still the day of the show. This was a big fight, and it's kind of like when, the, the dynamic of, of, of guys buying a pay per view is like that day of the fight. Do you really want to see it? The money is always a secondary issue. Um, it's an issue, but it's you know, and, and I think this one was strong enough to where it's like you know what? I mean, you you watch the the Weidman Belfort weigh in stuff. And Daniel Cormier and Anthony Johnson and Cerrone's on the card. It's the deepest, you know, it really is the deepest card of the year. I think that if you're a UFC fan, you're going to go, you know what? I did just pay for that bad pay-per-view three weeks ago or that bad fight. But this is, a, this is really one I want to see. So I don't think it's going to kill it. But, but Kevin thought, hey, people just spent $100. Um, they're just not ready yet. It, it will hurt a little bit. Um, I mean, and one of the things that, I, that it, is when Mayweather fought Canelo, mm. which a couple of years ago, um, it took three months before the wrestling and the uh, UFC pay-per-view numbers went back. Every show for three months did lower than I expected. And so there is, I mean, that, that, you know, and this was a much bigger fight than the Canelo fight. So that, I, the idea that that sure. is, uh, is a factor is, is for sure. One word before we let you go. Saturday, the UFC is back. It's unbelievable. Uh, we have to turn our attention to Carlos Condit versus Tiago Alves. Very good. Very interesting fight at 170. Your pick? I guess I'm going to go with Carlos Condit, but I, again, reservations when you're talking about a guy coming off major surgery and a year layoff, um, you know, did he lose anything, you know, and I don't know. So, but I think that the, the Carlos Condit that I saw, the way they match up and it's a, it's a, it's actually a pretty damn good matchup. Um, I think that he beats Tiago Alves, but yeah, we're going to learn, we're going to learn how, how fully recovered it's, it's, you know, he's had enough time to, to where the time is right, but you know, you never know about guys coming off of surgery and long layoffs. All right. Great stuff as always. Thank you very much for the time, Dave. Okay. Thank you. There he is. Dave Meltzer of MMAfighting.com and the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. A lot of great insight. You know, I said it was 
a win for the UFC. It absolutely was. The, the, the one that was kind of unresolved was the flyweight division. Dotson didn't really go out there and, and, and wow. He was very he was very honest with his performance, no doubt about it. He said that, you know, he was rusty. He's coming off, as as Dave mentioned, with Carlos Condit. He uh he was rusty, felt a little off. And Benavidez is honest. I mean, he could have come out and said, Hey, you know, I'm the number one guy. Look, there's there's an opening for me. But I think the opening now is is for Henry Cejudo, even though I don't love that because I still feel like he needs a couple more fights at one twenty five. Henry Cejudo is fighting in, uh, what, three weeks in Mexico. So, you know, let's see what he does there. Of course, he has to win the fight. He's fighting uh, Chico Camus. But I still feel like I'd love to see him get a few more fights before he fights for the belt, right? It's too soon. It was for Dotson, and honestly, I would take the Dotson fight now. Uh, there, there is very much a real animosity between Dotson and DJ. You can feel it when you talk to them. It's it's there. There's this rivalry. They do not like each other. And the facts are that Dotson gave DJ his toughest fight as champion. He didn't win. And that's definitely a feather in Demetrius's cap, but there's no one there's no one else that makes sense. And you can tell every time he has to talk about Dotson and somehow somehow have to explain or defend or validate his presence, his status in the division. It just, it just bugs DJ. I think it's great. I love this tweet. It, it, it may have been true. There's, there's definitely a case to be made for Makovsky winning the fight, but I love his tweet about, you know, I had it two to one for Makovsky. I love that. I think that was perfect. Um, the timing of it, it was just, it was great. So all in all, a great night for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. It was as good in the cage as it was out of the cage. I mean, when can you remember a night with that many great promos? And you can't roll your eyes at that part of the game because it's a very important part of the game. We replay them over and over again in the countdown shows and the commercials. This is how you sell the next fight. Arlovsky and and Brown was just, I mean, it almost made me want to cry. Arlovsky apologizing to Brown for having to beat him and then them catching on camera. Them catching... What, what is going on here? Let me go back up. <clears throat> them ca- well, maybe I screwed up. Uh, them catching on camera that, uh, that Brown was saying, you know... Uh, you don't have to apologize, go out there and get the belt. I mean, that was an amazing moment from two teammates. You saw, you saw Arlovsky talk about their relationship on this show last week. And then, you know, Cerrone is just always great and, and just how humble he was and talking about the injury and not wanting to pull out all that stuff. That was fantastic. And then, of course, uh, what Weidman said. Man, Weidman's was so great. Stop doubting me. Join the team. Perfect. Just perfect. And then the DC thing, dropping the mic. If you missed it, he essentially said, Joe Rogan, you can catch it online. Joe Rogan, with all due respect to you and the 16,000 in attendance, I need to talk to one man and one man only. John Jones. I love how he says John Jones. Get your sh together. I'm waiting. Walk off. 
Lorenzo didn't look like he was very happy with that. And then setting up the Bader thing. Amazing. Can't beat that. What a night. We'll have Daniel Cormier uh, in a second on the show. I believe we're trying to locate him as we speak. We need to see that belt. He was great. If you felt like, you know, the promo and the cage and all that was was too much, he told a great story in the post-fight press conference about, you know, climbing through the ranks with his fiance Selena and them having nothing, having absolutely nothing to their name. His his parents and his siblings having to pool together like five hundred bucks just so that he can, you know, live for the next month. And now look at him. A second chance. It's a guy who has uh, stumbled in the past, who, you know, failed twice in the Olympics, who, yes, he won the Strikeforce Grand Prix, but, you know, got that big UFC title shot and was unable to capitalize. People saying that he was better off fighting as a heavyweight as opposed to light heavyweight, that he was doing a disservice to himself. And who knows what's going to happen if... Or when John Jones returns, who knows? But right now, there is no doubt in my mind. And it's not because I work with him. I mean, it's just, that's the fact. The guy is the champion. Now, do you believe he's the best in the world? Do you think their first fight proves otherwise? That's a whole different discussion. But he is the champion. And for, 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 for anyone to say otherwise is actually inaccurate. It's false. It's not the interim belt. It's not a fake belt. It's not a paper champion. The real lineal champion that is undisputable speaking of which let us introduce the real ufc light heavyweight champion the lineal champion of the world the one and only daniel cormier let's clap it up for the man there he is shirtless how about that my friend (laughs) congratulations I'm just wait. I'm just. I'm just waiting right now. Selena's digging through the bag, trying to get me a sponsor shirt before I get into trouble. Oh, okay. Well, I, I like this shirt. I, I, th- I thought, man, living the dream over there. Sponsor, yeah. Who needs a spot? Look at that. Mmm. Mmm. Where's the belt? Oh, you want to? It's 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 it was right on. It's on my uh, on my uh, island in the kitchen, next to the rest of my. My uh, belt because I was trying to I was trying to do a picture this morning. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram. It's fantastic. It's an unbelievable picture, man. Like I I literally was sitting there, and uh, I sent it to my managers, Bob and Dwayne, and I said, guys, we've done pretty good for five and a half years, you know. And and they said that needs to go out to the public. I said, yeah, I'm amazed. It, it, unbelievable. Uh, very happy for you. Congratulations. I'm wondering right off the bat. What you know? Th- this has been a very, very <laughs> look at the smile on your face. I love it. <laughs> this is. Really <laughs> I can't stop it. It's like I'm trying to be serious, but I cannot stop it right now. I'm seriously trying. Uh, this has I been. This has been a very intense debate. Is Daniel Cormier the real champion? Paper champ? Are you hearing this a lot, or is it other people talking? You know, away from you. Are, are you getting this from people? I hear it, man. But you know what, man? I've got some great fans and friends because they defend me you know um i've said it time and time again that john disqualified himself from the competition he took his name out of the hat there is he's not an option anymore right now until he gets everything right outside of the the octagon 
You get to choose who you want to be your champion. You cannot pick John Jones. He's disqualified himself from competition. And uh, there's nothing we can do about that. There's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing Anthony could have done about it. We can only compete to the best of our ability for what's available, and that's the UFC championship. Ariel, I am proud of what I accomplished the other day. I, I mean, not many people ever get the chance to stand inside of the octagon and wear the UFC title. I'm proud of that. Let me ask you this. I know you're, you're an intense competitor in your heart of hearts. Will you only truly consider yourself a champion until you beat John? You know what, man? I would love to fight John again and hopefully beat John. But when they put that belt around my waist, I'm the UFC champion. They don't do that. They don't just give away those titles, man. Uh, and they didn't say, here, Daniel, here's your interim title. Yeah. They said, Daniel, you are the lineal UFC champion across the board. When the, when we go through the books, as I said in the interview, I said, Ariel Hawani, when you look in the in the record books, there will be no asterisk next to my name as I'm the UFC champion. There will be no asterisk. There will not be a pause. There will not be a space in between John Jones and me as the champion. We will flow just like John flowed from Shogun Hua. As Shogun Hua flowed from Leota Machida, Machida went from Rashad Evans. There will be nothing different. So in history, it will go down. You know, back in 95, 95 when the Houston Rockets won the championship. Yeah. At the time, everyone said, well, the Rockets aren't the champions because Michael Jordan was playing baseball. Uh, so they would have never won if Michael Jordan was still there to play. When we look back at the Rockets now, nobody says, well, that's only because Michael Jordan wasn't playing. They say the Houston Rockets were the back-to-back NBA world champions, thanks in part to the great John Starks. Oh, stop zero it. For- Come on, man. Come on. I'm zero to- for 18. <laughs> it was one for 18, by the way. It was one. He made one. He made one. Yeah. Zero for 18, John Starks. Thank you for shooting the Knicks out of the championship series. Okay. I'm going to ignore. I'm going to try to be happy for you here, so I'll ignore that. You told me before the fight, you kind of you shocked me. You said, I don't really need this. I, you know, I want it, but I don't need it. I don't need to complete my life. I have a great fan, all that stuff. Now that you want it, do you still feel the same way, or do you think things would have been incomplete without it? I feel the same way, man. Like, I mean, I think that's what actually allowed me to, to, to win that fight. Mm. I was able to just let go and just go and compete. I'm glad that I talked to John when I did because – I was I was starting to do it again to myself. I was starting to put that pressure of, I have to get this one. I have got to get it done this time. I cannot not win this fight. And I do it to myself over and over and over again. And uh, this time I was actually able to, to, uh, to let it go. And it allowed me to just do what I do, and that's just compete. Is that dipyourcard.com? <laughs> I can't find my dipyourcard.com t-shirt, man. I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll give them a shout-out right here at dipyourcard.com. I see them on everyone. Dipyourcard.com. How you guys doing? I cannot wait to dip my car. Okay. <laughs> so you, you, you reach the mountaintop. You've been waiting for this moment uh, your, your entire MMA career, and the mic is put in front of you for the first time, Joe Rogan. The first thing you think about is, is John Jones. You don't, say, you don't say anything to anyone else. You drop the mic. It's the promo of all promos, one of the greatest, top three greatest promos in the history of this sport post-fight. Why in that moment, though, are you thinking about John Jones? Because he beat you. Like, John just John beat me, and I just beat the guy that a lot of people thought was going to beat him. So I'm like, you know what, man? I still want to fight him. You know, I, I want to 
challenge myself against the best guy. You know, he's he, he's he's good. You know, I I think more than anything, what what Saturday night showed is how special the kid really is. If he can get himself and everything else in order uh, to has to have beaten me, hmm. and then for me to do what I did to Anthony Rumble Johnson, uh, that's crazy, man. So uh, yeah, I want to compete against him. I, I hope that he does get it together so that we can fight again. Have you heard through the grapevine at all that he was watching? I hope he was. Could you imagine him sitting there uh, watching me, of all people, get the belt? Do you know how much that – I mean, if I, if the, the roles were reversed, I would be going insane if I had to watch him uh, do that uh, if, I was, if I was in his situation. You know, I mean, he doesn't want to see me win. He doesn't want to see me carrying what he probably feels is still his title, which it isn't. It's mine. But um, he doesn't want to see that. You know, and, and I don't know. Maybe John's in so much of a better place now after going through the issues that he has had, that, that he's let everything go. But we'll see, I guess. A lot of people thought Lorenzo Fertitta was mad at you. He gave you the stare down of death as you walked out. Is that the case? I think maybe I cussed, so maybe that's what it was. But no, Lorenzo was fine. We actually talked after the fight, texted, and uh, he was very happy. I talked to him on Saturday night after the fight, and I talked to Dana on, on Sunday. And uh, those guys are extremely happy. Uh, with with uh, with my performance, and they're happy that I'm I'm the champion of the UFC. I believe that I can actually, I will represent this sport in the best light possible. I won't mess it up. I won't get myself in any trouble. I'm gonna live my life the correct way, and I'm gonna be a champion the kids can look up to and 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 hopefully aspire to be like. When you spoke to them, did you get any insight into what they want to do with John or what they know about John or what's next for you? Did you talk at all about that? You know, man, once I got out of the, the octagon and I was able to kind of just get back in my environment and start to kind of think about what I had just accomplished, it wasn't really about John anymore. You know, I didn't think about John anymore. Uh, so Lorenzo and I, we talked none of, none of, nothing about John. Dana and I talked nothing about John. They allowed me to have my moment, which was – which was great, you know, because when a guy when a guy does something that he's been chasing for so long, you know, you, you owe it to him to to uh give him his moment, you know, let him bask in it for a second. Let him let him let him let him, you know, kind of bask in what he had just accomplished and and those guys actually did that for me. I you know, these two guys you know, Dane and Lorenzo are great guys and, and they they gave me an opportunity, and I took advantage of it, and they, they told me that they were very happy and proud that I did. I love the Rogan interview. I love the Bader thing. We'll talk about that in a second. But really, my favorite thing, my favorite thing that you yeah. said <laughs> was the story about you and your fiance Selena, and your parents and siblings pulling together around $500 just to help you survive. So I want to ask you, when was the first time that you thought, wow, UFC champion, that's something I want. That's something I want to be called. Was it before the Olympics? Was it as a youngster in Louisiana? When's the first time you thought that, wow, this is something I want? When, would, when, when did that dream start for you? How long ago? You know, it wasn't UFC champion. It was to fight in the UFC. I watched Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir, UFC 100. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is crazy. If I ever got to compete in something like that, that would be great. Uh, when I talk about my parents... You know, it was just tough, you know, because Selena and I were just starting off. You know, we were just starting off. We moved to California, to San Jose, which is very expensive. Excuse me. Bussy. Excuse me. Bussy. Bussy. Sorry. Um, 
we wanted to live on our own. You know, we were expecting our first kid, and uh, I would I would get my cage fire sponsorship, and our rent was thirteen hundred bucks a month, and my cage fire sponsorship was fifteen hundred bucks a month. But I also taught private wrestling lessons, so that I would raise my income to probably about two grand a month, and that's how we would live. You know, so it was tough, man. And a couple times we didn't know what to do. Now, when I say welfare, like I, I mean. You know, we weren't getting like any government checks or anything. We were getting like WIC and stuff, like to help buy formula for our kids and everything. And and uh, I just want to maybe kind of explain that a little bit better. But we just didn't have, and and uh, we were fighting in the best that we, way that we could to try and make our lives together. And now it's kind of working out. I want to ask you the same question I asked Chris before his fight. Was there ever a point where you were, you know, sleeping next to your fiance, your future fiance? Maybe your kid is, is now in the world and you're thinking like, man, I'm just not making enough here. Like I, I'm the provider for this family and this is a great dream and all, but how much longer can I do this? Is there a light at the end of this tunnel? Did you ever doubt that this day would come? You know what? I never did because she would never allow me to. She knew that it was something I wanted to do. And when I would start saying stuff like, I've just got, Selena, I've got to get a job. And she's like, no, you don't. You need to train. Continue to get better and improve and one day it's going to work out, you know? So, uh, and plus my manager, man, like my managers, like if we ever were needed, like we're dying, dire need, they would always come to our aid. You know, at, I mean, at one point, uh, we've had guys that have owed our management team 10, 15, $20,000 because Dwayne and Bob will just take out of their own pocket to give to you, you know? So now that we're making money, I have no issue writing those guys checks. Because when they when we had nothing, they would actually just pay it. When my sponsorship checks were late sometimes, didn't come on the first of the month, and my rent was due by the third, Dwayne and Bob would write me my sponsorship check at the beginning of the month to make sure my rent was paid, and then they would just wait for the check to come in to get paid whatever time it came in in that month. They wow. just made sure that we were always okay. Wow. What what was there's it? No, there's no there's no company like Zinkin in, in MMA. You know, these guys, these guys, Dwayne and them, Dwayne doesn't need mixed martial arts. They don't need mixed martial arts to live. Bob's a great businessman. He's done great for himself. They don't need this. They do this because they love their guys. They want to help. And, and it shows. That's why we're all so fiercely com- committed to our management team. And you see them having some of the biggest name fighters in the world. Maybe the highlight of my weekend was meeting your mother, Mrs. Cormier, what a moment that was at the weigh-ins. A lovely lady. What was it like when you showed her the belt? And I also saw, and I want to get your take on what was it like in this moment, I saw your fiancé holding the belt right after. Like, she, she was clutching onto that thing like it was, you know, the, the, the most prized possession in her life. What was it like when you got to finally look at them and share this with them? You know, Selena was just like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Because reality is, all we've known in terms of UFC champion is Kane. Mm. And we've seen what it's done for his life. So she was just like, I can't believe it, you know? And my mom is 73 years old, and she's quiet. And uh, the story of her actually walking up to you was surprising because it's not something that I would have expected her to do. But then I think about it, I'm like, that's exactly what she would do because all she watches... <laughs> Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2 with the hope of seeing me on TV at some point. <laughs> my mom used to watch, my mom used to watch 
the weather channel for 10 hours and she's all boy there's some bad weather in russia i'm like what do you care about the weather in russia mom and then she's like watching the weather channel then it was cnn and now all she watches is ufc she loves fox sports too and she goes, well, that Ariel Hawani, he's a pretty nice guy. And he works with you tonight. So she saw you, and she went up there, and it was, but it was great. Like, my dad, my dad was probably the proudest. He was, he was just standing there smiling. And my dad's a big old guy that's worked 25 years for the city of Lafayette, uh, doing the baseball fields and cleaning bathrooms and doing all that. And that's a big, burly, hardworking man that doesn't smile very often. But this dude had a smile across his face that it just warmed me inside, man. So, so, so showing them and, and giving that back to them, it meant the world to me. Did Schwarzenegger make fun of your belly? He did. He goes, I think I might have saw a two-pack. I go, well, you'll never see a two-pack right here. <laughs> I go, it's fine, though. I said, don't worry about that belly, Schwarzenegger, governator. <laughs> did he show you love? He's a great guy, man. Crazy thing is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is very good friends with my manager, uh, with Dwayne Zinkin and his family. So uh, yesterday I get a call during my travels back from Las Vegas, and it was Dwayne going, dude, I just got a message from Arnold, and he played it. And it was Arnold left a voicemail on Dwayne's house phone because Dwayne still has a house phone for some <laughs> reason I can't explain. And uh, Arnold was like, great job, guys. You have the best management team and awesome for Cormier. What a great guy. Uh, way to really get after it. And Arnold's a great guy. So we're, we're, there are plans for us to all get together for dinner. And how about this? You're the champ of the world. You reached the mountaintop, a great moment. And yet you had to drive from Las Vegas to San Jose nine hours because you missed your flight. Is that true? Ariel, I didn't miss my flight. I made a book. Selena, be quiet. Don't talk. <laughs> Selena, don't talk during my interview. <laughs> hours yesterday it took us to get back from Vegas with two sip with two toddlers, a three-year-old and a four-year-old, because Daniel can't read the date when he's booking airline travel. So I booked my family's travel for Sunday, thinking it was Monday, and the UFC huh. moved mine to Monday. But because we're four, there were no flights coming in from Las Vegas to San Jose one way, San Francisco or Oakland. So we ended up having to pile into a minivan, which, by the way, Selena refuses to drive anyways because she doesn't want to be the mom with the minivan. But we drove 12 hours yesterday oh. from Vegas to, uh, to, to, to Gilroy, and we got home at 12 o'clock in the morning last night. How much would that drive have sucked if you didn't have the belt with you, right? If, if I didn't have the belt, I probably would have just stayed in Vegas. Like, there was no way. We were going to wait probably. Actually, we would have still drove because I wouldn't want to piss Selena off any more than she's already mad at me. Okay, so what about this Ryan Bader thing? Holy moly. Where, where did that come from? Where's the animosity? Where, where's this coming from? Ooh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's learning from the Conor McGregor playbook of, of building a fight. Like, what is up with Bader? Like, I don't mind. I don't mind Ryan Bader thinking he deserves a title shot. I understand. Ryan, due to process of elimination, you're pretty safe, buddy. You don't have to come and interrupt a press conference. I mean, you're the number five guy in the world. Rankings are going to shake up on Monday because I just beat the number one guy. Things are going to happen. Just wait, Ryan. It will happen for you. But Bader, I don't know if I made Bader mad in New Orleans by just messing with him the whole time trying to sell the fight <laughs> or what. But somehow something switched in Ryan Bader and he turned into an angry guy. And 
and just kind of attack me at the press conference. I'm just an innocent bystander. Give me, you know, I'm just over here trying to hang out. I have, I played no part in that deal. I don't know what's wrong with Bader. This is my press conference. Get the f out of yeah. here. <laughs> Thing is with Bader though, he started since the beginning of the middle middle of the week. You know, like he's like sending me messages on Twitter for some reason. I don't even understand. I'm like, well, Ryan. I've got a fight to get, get. I've got a fight to get to. So, the crazy thing is, I think after I beat Ryan Bader, he should have to go get beat up by Anthony Johnson for being so disrespectful to Anthony Johnson because he was acting as if he was acting as if I beat Anthony before we even fought. He's calling me out for a title shot. I'm like, hey, I've got to worry about Anthony Johnson. I'm over here worried about Anthony, and you're trying to call me out. That right hand that Anthony Johnson about knocked me out of the octagon with. Ryan Bader would not have gotten up from, and I think that's his punishment for disrespecting Anthony Johnson. He gets to get beat up by me, and then he gets to go and fight Anthony Johnson, and Anthony will beat him up too. Deep down, are you just like, what? Are you just licking your lips? Are you just saying like, oh man, if my first title defense is against Ryan Bader, you called him the easiest fight. Is this a perfect scenario for you? Well, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Like, if if Ryan has fought all these guys, the top guys, and he's lost to him. How all of a sudden does he just think, miraculously, he's going to match up so well against me? What's he going to do? Like, what's he going to do? I understand. Ryan Bader wants to fight for a title. Great for Ryan. I could respect you, Ryan Bader, because you're a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. I could respect you. But now there's no respect because of the way you handled the situation. Bader talked about he wants to kick my ass if Rumble doesn't do it on Saturday. But, I mean, whose ass is, I mean, who, whose ass is he? The thing is... Ryan Bader has done something so phenomenally spectacular. He's got everyone to talk about him. It's mm. unbelievable that Ryan Bader's name is coming off of someone's tongue. Ryan Bader doesn't get in. I, I saw somewhere today, Ryan Bader is actually going on a radio show. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened in all this time that Ryan Bader's been fighting, and he did it by interrupting my moment. I mean, Good for you, Ryan Bader, I guess. He hats off for Ryan Bader. I don't know. He must be talking to McGregor or something. McGregor's got him. He's the teacher. So so do you think that's next if it's not John? Has to be, right? Again, process of elimination. Yeah. If you look at the new rankings that came out today, I'm one, Anthony's two, Gustafson's three. The guy, uh, uh, Bader's right behind him. Anthony and Gustafson are coming off of losses. Ryan Bader, you're next, bud. You're going to get exactly what you wanted, exactly what you asked for. I hope you make a good fight of it because if you don't, you're going to get embarrassed. And, and, and by the way, um, you know, so, so, so now we have this situation where it's probably bad. I mean, do you feel like this is almost a good thing for the UFC? Because now you have all these matchups. You've never fought Gustafson. You never fought Bader. You know, all these guys that Jones already beat, it's, it is actually kind of a fresh coat of paint on the division. Do you feel like you're almost, you know, a good thing for them? Man, I'm telling you, man, because because John beat everybody. Yeah, it's weird. John beat everybody. Yeah, what he he messed up the division. He beat everybody. Like there's like eight guys. You go when a guy, I mean, a guy defends his title eight times against eight different people. It really throws the division in a tailspin. But now, like you said, you know, I've never fought Gustafson, never fought Teixeira. All these guys are in play now. You know, so uh, we'll see how long John's situation takes and. And uh, even if he does come back, you know, I, I, I win the fight against John. I win the rematch, and I can still fight all these new guys. Last thing, was that the hardest you were ever hit in a fight when he rocked you early? You know, man, I've been in a fight, yes. It, but, but, Ariel, I tell you one thing. This was not a right hand. 
This was a right missile. It was the <laughs> fastest thing. It was the fastest punch. I, I mean, I literally was on my feet from the next. I'm like laying on the ground. I saw a picture of the fight. I'm like, oh, I took a nap like Nick Diaz in the middle of the <laughs> I was just kind of laying there like, what am I doing on from my feet to the ground so fast? So I try to pop up and I look behind me. I'm like, oh, my goodness, he's coming back. And then I look behind me and Anthony Rumble's chasing me, trying to finish me. But my whole deal was... Don't allow him to get the follow-up shot. The follow-up shot is what's going to put you out of this fight. Uh, he got so excited that I was able to actually take his back. And once I got my hands clasped, uh, I was okay. I wasn't necessarily, like, dizzy, though, Ariel. Like, mm-hmm. I, got, I fell down, but I wasn't fuzzy. It wasn't like I was seeing two of them or any of that. I, was just, I just got knocked down. So, so you, you then submit him, and then he goes on the mic and says, don't quit, which some people kind of... Left. And then he puts the, the belt on you. What would you make of him afterwards? You know, man, I, I don't know exactly. I don't ex- know exactly what to make of it. He's, an, he's a nice guy, and I think maybe he showed exactly how nice he is after behaving in the way that he did, you know. A lot of times it's tough. Losing a fight is tough, man. And In your darkest hour, I guess your true colors show. And Anthony Johnson is made of gold, <laughs> if you ask me, for the way that he handled that. What he did for me on Saturday, Ariel, was he made my experience different. By putting on the belt, he made my experience of being crowned a champion different than anyone else in the UFC's history. Nobody's done that. Hmm. So thank you, Anthony Johnson, for making my experience different. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you. Well done, my man. Everything was perfect. I thought the walkout music was perfect, the fight. The, the post-fight interview, the ba- everything. So, well done. What do you want to say? I yes? Very close. Yes? I was very close to using y'all must have forgotten. Come on, man. Don't say that. Dude, I was very close to doing it, and, and, and guess why? Because going into the fight, it was just weird how much people thought I was going to lose. Yeah. Being that I had only lost one time. And I know it's about – a lot of times it's like your last memory of a person is what sticks in, a, in people's mind – but I was like, man, let's not forget I had won 15 straight fights. So more than anything, the reason I used that LO Cool J uh, song was because if you listen to the very beginning of the song, he says, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years, which is exactly how I feel. This wasn't a comeback fight for me. Um, I felt like I was going to win this fight. And uh, we, have to be, be, we have to be a little broader in our, in our, in our <laughs> opinions and in our perspectives when it comes to fighting. The last memory of Anthony Johnson on Saturday, don't let that change what you feel for Anthony as a fighter. This guy's a phenomenal fighter, and going into his next fight, he shouldn't be considered the underdog or people believe he's going to lose just because of what he did last time. It's all matchups, and I knew that I matched up well against Rumble Johnson. Great stuff, DC. So happy for you and your family. Congratulations, my friend. Uh, An amazing performance. You are the the champion of the UFC's light heavyweight division, and, 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 and you certainly deserve it. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, Ariel. Guys, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube. Watch UFC 166 practice walkouts with Adam Geller. It's the funniest video you will ever see in your entire life. Hey, and yes. the Seth Rollins celebration from yes. WrestleMania is coming. I am waiting for Ariel Hawani's email. I the gave guy it to is you. Not- I gave it to the you. Moment- email i will send you guys to seth rollins celebration just like i promised you're the man dc thank you thank you there he is a man of his word daniel cormier the new light heavyweight champion and now we go from one champion to the next the man who successfully defended his title on saturday night the man who i made cry 
on Wednesday night, just days before the fight, Chris Weidman, the middleweight champion of the world. Chris, are you there? Yes, what's up, buddy? How are I'm you? <laughs> well, uh, congratulations. Maybe tears of joy now, but uh, what, a, what a night for you, because I want to ask you this right off the top. It, it really, truly feels like you turned the corner on Saturday. I know, I know the, the, the Anderson fights were big. The Odo was big, but it feels like people now view you in a whole different light. Like, we can't talk about the respect thing anymore. Do you feel the same way? It's too, it's too early to make that statement. I don't know. We'll see. Right now, right now, right now I, I feel what you're feeling. But you, let's, give it a, let's give it a month or two. So you're, you're, you're not ready yet to concede the fact that you have received the respect or that you will receive the respect that you deserve. Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to jump on that bandwagon yet. Let me let me give it a couple of days or you know weeks or a month, and then we'll and then we'll up, up decide if I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon or not. You but know, uh, it has it has an amazing amount of support I've I've gotten. And I, I think I've, it's probably been more than um, some of my other fights, and I and I feel like it's more consensual. It's more uh, uh, it's definitely just more more people. Not not as many, not as many haters at all. Why do you think Usually that is? it's like, you suck, you still suck, you're going to die, blah, blah, blah. Um, now it's kind of, now it's a little different. Um, I, I wonder how long that lasts, but it's nice. it's nice. I don't know if it's usually because you got another Brazilian legend waiting for me that they think is going to kill me. Um, so I don't know if that's it or, or they were impressed with the performance and they probably recognized. But either way, it's nice. You know... I have no problem saying, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, your interviews and your appearance and all that stuff. The promo, I mean, I got to admit, I was kind of sitting back like a proud father when you unleashed that thing afterwards. <laughs> Stop doubting me. Join the team. Where did that come from? Did you practice that or was that off the cuff? That was off the cuff. I don't know. You know, I do, like, before fights, I do imagine the whole fight. I even imagine getting the mic in my face and remembering to say a couple things. Uh, kind of like thanking my wife and, and family and coaches and stuff like that. And, and then, uh, but that just took over. Um, that just happened. That was, so, uh, yeah, off the cuff. That, that might've been your finest hour. Forget about the fight itself. That was passionate. That was really, and then you ended it with an, I love you. It was so great. Join the team. I feel like that, that could be your new slogan. Like you need to make t-shirts of that thing. Have you, have you thought of right. that yet? Join the team or I love you. No, well, I love you is kind of taken, but join the team is perfect. Maybe I love <laughs> yeah, I you in the back. Right. I think join, join the team hashtag, I think it was trending on Twitter. So um, I, think I'm gonna, I think I'm sticking with that. Perfect. Okay, let me ask you about this. I'm watching the fight. You're coming out. You're, 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 you're making that walk to the music. And it kind of strikes me, and be honest with me here, you looked a little off. It looked like you were sick or something. Like you were very pale. Your eyes were dark. Was something wrong? I'll be honest with you. Please. It was my first time ever. I, I had to go to the bathroom bed. <laughs> and I'm like, I cannot believe this is going to happen. I'm going to trap myself in the middle of this cage. I was like, I didn't know if I was going to write. Like, as soon as Vitor's walkout music came on, I was contemplating. All I could think about was, like, I don't know if I should run to the bed now or can I hold it. I don't know what's going to happen. That's really what was going through my mind the whole time walking out. I'm like, I don't know. I might have to run. I might be the first person to, to have to run, run away from the fight to go to the bathroom. Uh, can they hold the fight for me? But I didn't want to like tell anybody because you know when you say it out loud, it just becomes worse. So I remember I just like when when we were getting ready to do the walkout, I just gave Ray my flag. You know, I usually hold the flag. I'm 
I gave Ray the flag to hold because I was just trying to focus on not crapping myself pretty much. Wow. That... <laughs> This yeah, coming... so you, yeah, you you were right. There was definitely something not normal going. On. This coming from a guy. This coming from a guy who who you crapped yourself when you sparred Volante, right? Yeah, I'm going. I, my wife. I have to go to. Yeah, I've done. I've had issues. I have you... to go to a gastro and, and, and whatever they're called. That gastro gastro doctor um, coming up. I keep putting the appointment off, but you... uh, that was that was kind of crazy. Yes, you, you also crapped in your, your wife's uh, garbage can on your first date, so clearly there's something going on. Yeah. You, you joke that you might be an honorary Jew, but, you know, Jews have IBS. Maybe that's what you have. Maybe deep down, why? I mean, it does sound Jewish. Maybe that's what you got. Exactly. I'd be Jewish now, officially. At what point did it hit you, though? Like, while you were standing there? Or in the, like... While I was standing, because if I was in the locker room, I was good, but we... What they do is they take, you know, you warm up in your locker room and then they're like, all right, we got two minutes, we got a minute, then all of a sudden they bring you out. And then you wait. So Vito has to, they, they bring you to a point, they got the camera set up, there's a million people, you know, kind of looking at you. And then at that point, uh, you know, the security guard is set up. At that point, Vito makes his walk first. So as, as Vito is getting ready to make his walk, the whole time I was just contemplating, do I run to the bathroom? But it's a pretty far run, and everybody's eyes are on me, so they'd be wondering, like, is the guy running away from us? Right? So I didn't feel like having all this drama just because I have to go to the bathroom. So I just kind of, like, was dealing with it, like, struggling, man. You know what that's like when you uh, it's just a terrible situation, especially when you're about to go out and find it for, you know, millions of people, um, uh, you know, with the TV and everything. And I, it was just a very uh, it was a struggling time. Was this an indication of you being nervous before the fight? No, usually, like, I I go to the bathroom before every fight. This is such a weird conversation. <laughs> so I, it's not like anything unnormal, but it, so the thing that was unnormal was that it was happening on my walk down. I'm usually good to go at that point. I have no issue. Uh, it, was, it was happening way too close to my fight, which was kind of scary. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last, last thing about this. Last thing. At what point do you forget about it? Um... Is it bothering it was, you throughout? Uh, like, like toward, toward, yeah. Like, I still wasn't, I still was, like, consciously thinking about it and, like, holding myself together all the way up until, like, I was in that cage. Wow. So the whole, the whole walkout, you know, all these people are going nuts. The only thing I'm thinking about is keeping together. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So it wasn't, it wasn't, I think, it wasn't my normal uh, thought process. So. I, I was sitting with someone backstage in, in my little cave, and I said, man, he doesn't look right. Something seems off. And then he rocks you, and I was thinking, wow, I mean, something is clearly off here. And I asked your teammates. I didn't get to see you after the fight. And everyone said, no, 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 you were fine. But, man, I feel like I know you better they didn't than know, them. They didn't, uh, they didn't know about that either. I didn't even, I, they still don't know. I didn't tell anybody. I told, maybe I told them afterwards, uh, like after party or something. But, uh, yeah. That, that's kind of what was going through my mind. How how close were you to being out there? I mean, how how much did he hurt you? When it seemed like he did, but how much was it? Uh, you know, it was kind of it was kind of weird. Uh, so we got into that weird exchange where, like, I fell, then then he fell. I run after him. Yeah. And as I run out, I like throw a knee at him because in my head the whole fight, like I, I wanted to keep him active because I feel like the more I did, the more he would do. And, um, and it was all about breaking him. I was all about getting him tired. You know, that, that, that was the goal. I knew he was going to have spurts of spurts, especially in the beginning. Uh, so I just wanted to stay in his face and make him work, make him work. 
So that's why I was like running after the cage after him because I just wanted as much drama as possible, much much uh, um, uh, activity out of him. You know, if he sees me running after, that brings a little excited endorphins or whatever to to the brain, and he's starting to uh, you know start getting more tired and more tired, or whatever the drama kind of dumb. So I was just trying to run after him, and when I ran after him, at some point, I think it was like a headbutt or something. Um, I came out and I felt the drip on my eye. I wiped my eye. And there was blood, so Vitor saw that, and now Vitor's thinking I'm hurt, which I was completely fine. It was just like a, just felt like I had a little cut. So now he's coming at me like a madman, thinking like I'm hurt. Because if you watch his other fights, he's a great finisher. When he sees blood, when he sees someone hurt, he comes comes at you like an animal. So here he comes after me when I'm completely clear-headed, and so I'm backing up to the cage, and I'm just all right. Let him let him see you off. Let him let him throw some hard punches. I don't care because I'm just gonna cover cover, but. You know, I'm used to doing that with taking out the gloves on and uh, letting guys kind of tie themselves out. If they want to go crazy, I'll let them go crazy. You know, I do, I do believe in my chin and everything. Even though I don't want to get punched in a fight, like I do, it is a good, it's a good thing to have. You know, kind of on the back burner. So I was covering, 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 and then he hit me with a nice uppercut and just hit me on my lips and my nose. And I was just like, all right, you know what? I probably shouldn't just be getting standing here. But there was no point where I was actually like hurt to where I was like, oh my god, I'm going to fall down. I'm dizzy and not knocked out. There was no point of that. It was just like, all right, his meter's dropping. He's throwing all these crazy punches, and I'm still here. I'm still fine. And uh, as soon as he stopped throwing the punches, I was just, I just threw a jab, and he threw something, and it was way slower. And I'm just like, oh, he's breaking. Hmm. And at that point, I could just probably stand with him and look and knock him out. But I'm like, you know, that's what he's expecting. And so then you always do the unexpected. So I just took him down. And from there, I was, I just think of him. I just didn't give him a break to recover from his barrage of punches. That was the goal. Were you know, especially through those punches, he, he probably wanted to take a couple second break, and I just didn't give it to him. Were you surprised at how ineffective he was on the ground? I mean, uh, you come to my sparring sessions, you come to me and Jiu-Jitsu, um, things kind of look similar sometimes as, as what it looks like. So I'm not taking anything away from him. I, I go black, I, you know, I go to some top guys and, when I when I go on the ground, my my ground my I, I feel a little different than people that they, they've ever felt before. So uh, I might not look it; it might it might look simple, but um, it's a different. I'm a different animal when I when I grab you. So you know, you... Um, I, I knew I knew if we hit the ground. I'm gonna. This was a coming out party for me on the ground. In my mind, I said, if I'm taking this guy to the ground, completely letting the world know that I'm on another on another level. It would have been if you would have if, if it would have kept on going. You guys might have seen me for more, but um, I feel like I didn't give him a chance to recover from all of his punches, and that's why he couldn't defend the thing clearly because he was he was a grocer, and then he's got this guy on top of him that if I feel you know I feel like a ton of bricks and I'm not moving and I'm just going to keep on. I mean I'm not I'm not going anywhere. You know I'm going to be in his face the whole time. It's fire. It was definitely tough on mentally, and that was the goal. I'm just, gonna, I'm just going out there to break these guys' wills, break them mentally and physically, and that's exactly what I did. I said I was going to finish in the first or second, and that's what I did. You made headlines on Friday when, you know, it got heated and you said that you felt like he was still cheating. And then after the fight, you showed a lot of emotion, more so than in your other fights. I mean, you were yelling. It seemed like you were really letting, you were really letting out this, this aggression and this, 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 this buildup. From from I know it had been going on for a year, you know, you guys back and forth, but I never quite seen you like that. Where was this all coming from, especially in the twenty four hours before the fight? 
Well, you know, the, uh, the juicing thing, I left them all alone all camp about it, you know, yeah. the cheating thing. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to bring it up anymore. I feel like it was just too long ago, and I didn't really want to put my own mind. I didn't want to even wrap my head around worrying about if he's juicing or not throughout camp. I didn't care. I was like, I don't care. I'm going out there fighting. Hoping they're doing the right thing, but there's not much control I have. So I just kind of stopped talking about it. But then it just happened to be the um, the media scrum, I guess, was it on Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday, yeah. I guess Thursday. Yeah. On Thursday, one of the reporters came up to me, Akimoto, and just said, um, while I was getting the scrum, was just saying that, oh, we I contacted Nevada, and we got, I got scores back. So it was interesting because your scores were both like 370 and then 370, which is low, but well, during a training camp, that's what it kind of should be. You should be doing yourself. And I've got tested before. This is like two years ago, and mine was even lower than that um, during a training camp. So I expected my – I just know that my score is low, but that doesn't – like I feel fine during my training camp. So that's why I know like I don't need to take anything. Like I'm, I'm completely fine. and That's why I never made sense to me with these GRT guys, you know, when, when they were doing it back back in the day. But anyway, so um, then he tells me, your score is 373 and you got to re- realize that I am almost 10 years younger than him, and he has been on TRT for so long because he said he couldn't live without being on it. So he said that, you know, like basically his testosterone is lower than everybody else's, so I figured that's way lower than mine. Then he said that his was 500, then 1,200. And I'm like, well, I don't know that much about testosterone, but 1,200 doesn't seem like it should be illegal to me. That's crazy. And especially during a training camp, when we're killing ourselves, how the hell is this testosterone 1,200? That just does not make sense. But he passed because the ratios from epitestosterone to testosterone was normal. So I'm like, all right, so is there something that you could take to make that ratio normal? And, yeah, there is stuff. So that's what, that's what my head was at. All right, well, he's 100% cheating. There's no way in my mind his, his could be four times the amount of mine during a training camp when I'm 10 years younger, and he's had testosterone problems his whole life or whatever hmm. for so many years. So I'm like, all right, he's cheating. And now at, at the time, I'm like, you know, I don't care. I was like, oh, talk to him about that. I was like, either way, I have to give him up. But they kind of like overnight, it just kind of started bothering me that this guy has the balls to keep cheating and like talk about like he's doing all the right things. I'm like, I just had enough. So when I, at Wayne's, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to have a word with him about it. That was it. I just went up to him. I said, I can't believe you're still cheating. I was like, that's messed up. I was like, 1,200 testosterone score. He's like, what? He was like, that wasn't this kind of like, no. Three weeks ago, your testosterone score was 1,200. And he, he was just so completely put off guard. And I'm like, you know, I was like, you, you're a freaking Christian. Start acting like it. I was like, I'm going to make you pay for this. He was like, I was like, how, 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 how dare you keep cheating? And that was it. I just kind of put him on blast. I think he was just so confused and mentally deflated from me. He just wanted to get off stage. I think it was probably a good mental wear for the warfare <laughs> too, to use. But uh, yeah, it, I think it definitely um, made the, the fight more exciting as well. So it was uh, it was different than my usual weigh-ins, and I would have stared at we've ever had. You know, we've always just shook hands and stared each other down, and shook hands again about. So it definitely caught off guard and caught everybody else off guard too. Do you feel relieved that you can move on with your life now? Like no more Vitor Belfort. The past year has been about him and all this drug talk, I mean, you can really move on. You proved your point, and that's it. Does that, does that feel like a relief? Does it feel like a, a, a you know, um, so, you know, something's been lifted off your shoulders? Yeah, yep. It definitely is a, a relief, but at the same time, I'm, I just, uh, you know, I'm ready for the next guy. I'm just ready to 
go out there and dominate again. Well, that is a good segue because it appears as though the next guy should be Luke Rockhold, yet they haven't come out and said it. Do you believe it's Luke Rockhold? You know, yeah, prior to the fight, I would say, you know, just by going by their last fight, so he, he, he beat Kamosi, no disrespect to Kamosi, but uh, he's not a Machida, and he, he already beat him once in the first round, and he beat him again in the first round, so I don't know if that's a fight that usually, you know, merits a title shot for Jacare. So, um, but then you go, and then then, then you look at the other side, all right, look, Rocco was knocked out in the UFC pretty bad by a before guy was just, uh, you know, beat up. So I understand where they're looking at from that side, side of it. Um, so I did, I, I was on board. I was like, yeah, but it doesn't, I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I've been waiting to get on a call with the UFC. I was supposed to meet with them uh, yesterday, but then I had to leave. So I didn't get to meet with them. But I, I, I figure I'm, I'm probably going to get on a call with the right zone day next Kind of go through the whole thing uh, coming up. Do you think Rockhold right now is tougher than Machida when you fought him? Tougher than Belfort? Tougher than Anderson? He seems to be fighting at a whole other level right now. Um, I I would expect a, uh, a definitely a tough guy, a tough fighter. But uh, I feel like I'm I'm running right through any of these guys. Hmm. Nothing he does worries you. No, I, he, he he's well rounded. He's well-rounded, but he's not great anywhere. Uh, he's not the best striker I ever fought. He's not the best wrestler I ever fought. He's not the best judicial guy I ever fought. Um, Jack Wright brings a different element. He's really good on the ground, and he's more he's probably more dangerous on the feet than Rocco. Rocco's kind of just well-rounded and uh, a uh, keeps a, a good, solid pace going throughout the whole fight. Doesn't make too many mistakes. Um they're just two completely different fighters. If I had to say who's more dangerous, it'd be Jacare. Hmm. But there's probably more holes in his game than Devonco. So they both both bring different elements to the game um, that I'd have to figure out and expose. Would you prefer Jacare next? No, I don't know who I, I don't know. I don't really have a preference. Okay. Um, either way, I'm going to see. Either way, I'm going to have to fight these guys at some point, and I'm going to kind of um, let them know that they have no chance for me. Because I, I love the fact, like, I just love their attitude, you know. And I'm excited to, as a competitor, to kind of just show them, show them the truth. But um, uh, if, as far as which order, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, I just want the big, I want big fights. Both of them know that. Uh, I want big fights. They want big fights. Um, the Madison Square Garden throws a, throws a little bit of a curveball in there. I want to know what's going on with that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you so, know anything more about it? Nah, I, I know. I know nothing. So hopefully in the next couple days I'll find out more about it. Well, that that and would have that, that, that changes things too. Yeah, that would have to be in December, and the legislative calendar for New York ends in June. So we'll know pretty soon if the sport is legalized at least this year. Let's just say it's not. Let's just let's just be pessimists. When do you want to return? Okay. I want to I want to return by as soon as possible. Um, I mean, obviously, listen. I haven't had a summer. I haven't had a summer with the family really to enjoy. And this, this, this fighting in May is a great time. End of May, so now I have June, July, yeah, and August. I would love to enjoy. You know, if you're from the East Coast, you understand what I'm talking about, um, or at least the the Northeast. But so I would love to enjoy the summer a little bit for once with my family. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm, I want to. I want to just keep on going. I want to. I want to keep on showing the world. Um, 
you know, where I'm at and kind of just separate myself from the rest of these guys. And, uh, you know, every time you get done with a fight, there's always another guy. And, oh, this guy can do this. This guy is better than him here, there. And that excites me just to, to, to let all these guys know the truth. Okay, last thing before I let you go. You tweeted a picture of you hanging out with Floyd Mayweather rocking a Louis Vuitton towel at some kind of pool party. It's a great picture. He looks thrilled to be there. The smile on his face is just gigantic. What was that all about? I don't know. He retweeted it, too. Uh, he, oh. I guess he was that. I think that's his, I think that's his thing. Uh, the, the, the no smiling. I don't know. But, um, yeah, uh, it was fun. We were, at, we were both throwing the same pool party, so we ended up getting together, hanging out, talked to him. He gave me some advice. What did he say? And uh, I just talked to him about... You know, business stuff, and told me he told me how much money he, he just went right into the money. He's Floyd Money Mayweather for sure. Like I'm like, hey, how you doing, man? I have a lot of respect for you. He's just like, ah, you know, I made so far they gave me 125 million, but it's gonna be 275 million. I'm like, oh, I didn't even ask you about that. That's awesome. He's like, I own a private, I own a private line of flight, uh, planes. I own, I own everything. I own everything. I'm like, oh, that's awesome, that's awesome man. I didn't even ask you, but. That's great to hear. I'm proud of you. I wish I, you know, I wish I had all that stuff. But uh, no, but it was cool. It was cool talking to him. He's actually a pretty down to earth guy. Um, obviously, loves his money and he's as successful as you could possibly be as an athlete. Um, and the, he kind of told me the way he got the Pacquiao fight, the way he put it together. Wow! How it, was, it was the whole process, the time off, the, the time in between, getting people excited. It was all part of his plan. Yeah, so we had we had a big conversation. He was, he was cool. He, was, he uh, you know, he knew all about me. Oh, really? I was going to ask you uh, about that. He knew who you were right yeah, off the bat. Yeah. He actually, I mean, he he sent. I don't know if you know Chuck Zito. Of course. Yeah. Well, he sent Chuck Zito come get me to come come hang out. With oh wow! So that's the way it, that's the way it went down. And then, um, yeah. So it was it was cool, man. It was a good experience. He's a, he's definitely a good guy to know. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, he, yeah, that's it. Well, like I said, it, it feels like you've turned the corner, my friend. Something has changed. I don't know if it was you crying on camera. You know, you, you don't mention it. That one's on the house. What do you think of that? What, it seems like people actually really like that interview. I, it's weird. I'm not going to lie. After, after we got done with that, I was so close to telling you, is there way we could redo it? It was just terrible. No, it wasn't even because it wasn't because of the of me like tearing up and I again choked up and all that stuff. It was because after I choked up, the amount of rambling I went like I went into <laughs> that made no sense. I went into circles because all I could think about the whole time was really like I stopped people just cried. Okay, like yeah, yeah. So I just couldn't I, I just couldn't make sense after that. I just kept talking and talking. I don't know. I thought it was terrible, and somehow people loved it. So. Um, I thought you did a great job. As far as me, I thought it was terrible. But. No, it was, it was fun to watch you fight the tears, like the champion that you are. And that's what you know made you go all over the place. But people want to see that emotion. They want to have that connection to you. They want to know about the trials and tribulations. They want to live vicariously through you. And you open yourself up finally. And then you call everyone out in the post-fight interview. Wow, you couldn't have scripted it any better. From Wednesday all the way to Saturday night, a virtuoso performance. Congratulations on that. You are the reigning and defending champion. You're doing a great job, still undefeated. Can't wait for the Rockhold fight. I, I feel like that's the one that it has to be in. I think it's a fantastic fight. Two guys in their prime, two Americans. Finally for you get to fight, you know, a non-Brazilian. Present something new. A lot of fun to watch you grow as champion. Thank you so much for the time, Chris. I know you're very busy. 
Uh, they're probably going to do another day for you over there in Long Island because they have so many open slots. So I know you're busy talking to people, rubbing elbows. We appreciate the time very much on this Tuesday. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, Take there. care, guys. Thank you, everybody, for all the support. I appreciate it. Join the team. Love you all. You join the team. <laughs> join the team. This is your last invitation. <laughs> I love it. Great. Thank you, Chris. All right. Bye-bye. There he is, Chris Weidman, UFC middleweight champion, stopping by. Great stuff from him, as always. All right. So let's move along to our next guest. It was announced uh, Friday. Yeah, Friday, that, uh, of course, we know that the UFC is returning to Scotland on July 18th. And when they announced this card, we all knew that one fighter in particular would have to be on this card. Scotland's own Joanne Calderwood, who we've wanted to have on the show for quite some time. Um, She can attest to this. I have been bothering her for quite some time about this. And finally, after a lot of you have asked for her to be on the show, she has obliged. She is joining us right now via the magic of Skype. There she is, the one and only Joanne Calderwood. Wow, this Skype connection is fantastic. It, it, it looks like you're actually sitting here in the studio. Well done. Really? Yes. Thank you. I'm, in, I'm actually in my friend's house stealing his Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, your friend deserves a lot of credit. This is crystal clear. <laughs> That's good. It's on high definition. Okay. By the way, is your hair pink over there? What's going on? Uh, yeah, it's been pink for a while. Oh, it has? Okay. It's just the end of it. It's just the end of it. It's okay. not all pink. Uh, I'm a little colorblind, so I notice things at the at the weirdest times. I like it. No no problem with it. I just didn't notice it before. Okay, a uh, lot to discuss with you, of course. Um, let's kind of move backwards. You got the fight in Scotland against Beck Rawlings. You guys know each other. You were on the Ultimate Fighter <laughs> together. Do you like this fight? Yeah, I really like it. Uh, we were scheduled to fight before in Invicta, and it, the fight didn't happen, so... I was ready then, and I'm even more ready now. Uh, obviously, I spent some time with her in the, the house, so... I mean, any of the girls in the house with me, I was like, I'd be quite willing to... As long as I wasn't sharing the house with them again, I'd be willing to uh-huh. share a cage with them. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. How do you feel about her? You sent out a tweet, you know, apologising in advance for perhaps some comments she may throw your way, do you, do, you, do you not like her? Do you guys have a history in that sense? Uh, it's not that I don't like her. It's just I don't really... Like, I respect every fighter, but I just don't like the way she conducts herself. But that's her personality, and uh, that's the way she promotes herself. And I didn't like the way she was in the house. You know, the first week I thought, actually, she's maybe not as bad as... Uh, I thought and then obviously I thought that about most of the girls in there but after a week I was like oh then the tr- kind of true true people came out and I was like oh, actually I, I can't see myself like uh, doing anything other than punching her in the face Was there any chance that you wouldn't fight on this card considering what happened last month in Poland? No like, uh, Sean Shelby messaged me the Monday after my last fight and, you know, I was in a bad place at that time and I didn't get back to him and he was kind of like you, like, texting me every second day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, eventually I, I I just told him, look, no matter what, I'm going to be fighting on the Scotland card. And he's like, right, cool, that's all I need to know. And uh Obviously, I had a few weeks to sort myself out after that last fight and some personal reasons I had, and now I'm back and uh, 
happy feet again and ready to go. Well, that is very just good. about to start my camp. That is very good to hear. Um, it was it was a strange thing to watch because without seeing you know what you wrote afterwards and all that, just watching the fight against Marina in Poland, you did not look like yourself. You seemed off. You didn't seem like you were there. Your body was there, but you didn't actually seem there. And then of course the fight didn't last very long. What was bothering you? Yeah. Like a lot of people, even people that didn't know me, that they said that it didn't look like me, and I think I was the last person to know that. You know, I was going into that fight, and I did have a lot of—I'm uh, not making excuses or that—but sure. I did have a lot of things on my mind. And but I was—I'm a fighter that just kind of gets lost in a fight camp. That's why I always want to fight. Because I feel like when I go to the gym, I don't know, like any athlete, you know, they, they love training because I think, well, personally, because I, I go in and I, like, forget about all the problems and you forget about the stuff in the world and uh, you just get on with training. So that's what I was doing. And obviously I was in Sweden and I was just concentrating on the fight and physically I felt great. And then, but there was, like signs there that obviously when everyone's seen me walking out to the cage that the, the signs were there that I wasn't right but at the same time I was quite stubborn and I was like no I'm just going to do this and uh, no matter what like the physical I was physically ready and I had the best fight camp ever but I'd, I found out firsthand in there that uh, there was stuff on my mind and uh, I was in a whole lot of shit <laughs> <laughs> You, but uh, go ahead. a lot of things happened before the before the fight. Obviously, you know I wasn't at my my home my home team. I went away to Sweden, which it was great, and I got on with a lot of the guys over there. And uh, the training was perfect. Uh, just a night, the night before my fight, you know, there was a situation that happened, and uh, just put me back into. It kind of was a kind of breaking point for me. I think I had there was so many other things that I had just put to the back of my head, and I think that was just someone in, close to me in my fight camp that should have knew better. Uh, kind of fucked me over, and uh, yeah, it wasn't a good night the night before. I didn't get a lot of sleep and uh, worrying, and uh, it was not nice. And I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, oh god, but these. Everyone's got their problems and, you know, it's just going to make me stronger. So I'm just going to take it out and uh, a lovely person in Scotland. Do you mind uh, elaborating what exactly happened? Because it's, it's a little unclear. The night before, what are you, what are you referring to? Uh, just a situation that I found myself in with someone and that was in my fight camp at the time. And uh, it was just not a nice... I mean, you know, the night before your any fight, you know, but right. this fight was a, a really big fight for me. And the person that knew me, the, they should have knew firsthand that I was already worried about stuff going into this fight being not right. But, uh, yeah, they, it, it just, something happened and I couldn't, I didn't sleep the whole night and I was worried and, uh I don't really want to mention names because it's. It, I don't want to be that person that's sure. putting out 
I understand. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you weren't with your, your normal team. You were in Sweden. What was the reason for that switch? <laughs> because yeah, another problem that uh, <laughs> I was uh, di- I was engaged to my partner, my coach, my training partner, and we had uh, had been had problems for a while. And before the six weeks before this camp, uh, we decided that we kind of needed time away from each other. So. Uh, the opportunity was there to go to Sweden. First of all, I wanted to go to Iceland, but uh, that kind of backfired and I had to go to Sweden. It was kind of like last minute thing and just got up and went and done my camp there. But although the camp was really good and stuff, but now being back home and things have settled down and uh, me and my ex-partners working together and everything's better and I, this is where I want to be. I want to be around my team and I've got a really, really close connection with them and I felt that, especially on with Stevie fighting on the last show, I met my some of my, two of my teammates and Stevie obviously the week of the fight and I, that's when I knew I was like really missing home and it was put me even more homesick. So... Mm. So you're but back for with, this fight, I'm here, yeah. You're back with the team. Everything's good. Yeah. <laughs> your, uh, your, I guess your ex, is he still a part of the team? Is that strange for you? No, it's just hard because, like, we never actually fell out. We just, like, kind of grew apart. So it's really hard because we get on so well. So, you know, when you have, I don't know if you've had ex-girlfriends or ex-boyfriends, you know, you think, oh, she's a right bitch, I don't want to see her again. But we didn't have that, we didn't fall out. We just kind of just went our separate ways and we worked well together and we got on well together and we just had to put that separation in. The timing wasn't perfect, but at the same time, eh, it never is. <laughs> right. I've actually never had a relationship, so I don't know. I wish I knew what it was like um, we, I'm kidding. I have, I, I'm, I'm married, but I know what you mean. It was just funny, uh, you know, to, to lighten up the mood, I guess. Um, you feel, though, that you're okay now? You feel like you're ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Like, uh, just, like, even after my last fight, being around people that know me and stuff, and I've been more open with people. That's the thing. Like, with me, I'm very secretive, and... Yeah. I don't like people knowing my business and not that I don't like people knowing my business. I don't like talking about myself and I don't like talking about my problems. I would rather be the person to help other people. So after that fight, I was like, shit, I need to start opening up and talking to people. And uh, the past after that, I was like, I got a lot off of my chest and, uh, yeah, it's good to talk. <laughs> it is good to talk. Yeah, I, you know, I felt like I was bothering you. I, I, I was. You put out that 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 post, and it was very mysterious. You know, you 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 gave us some clues here and there, but it just seemed like you, if if no one knows, and how would we know about your situation? It's like what what is going on here, and especially the way you looked in the fight. So, I can't lie. It it uh, it piqued my interest very much, and that's why I was trying to get you on the show. So I'm very happy that you have uh, you have agreed to come on. Um, I'm wondering if you ever thought about pulling out of the fight. I mean, just just the team thing alone, like having to move and let alone what happened 24 hours before, 
I mean, it, it, that's a lot to handle for someone before a fight, and especially a very big one. Did you think about maybe saying, you know what, let me take a break, figure this out, and then I'll fight in July? No. Wow. I, I just, I don't like letting the fans down, and obviously I like fighting, and that's what I was saying earlier. The thing with me is I just throw myself into a fight camp thinking everything will be all right, but because uh, this has happened, like, there's been stuff on my mind for the past maybe two or three fights now, and uh, especially in the, I had a lot of stuff going on in the tough house as well. So it's just a way, way for me to deal with things. But now I know that I can't deal with things like that that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to like face them, and uh, and I do feel a lot happier uh, with that solution. <laughs> Now I finally knew, but I had to go through a loss for it, but uh, at least it will not happen again. Did you only realize after the fight that you were dealing with all this, or did you were you able to recognize that you weren't the same person going into that fight at any point in the locker room, a minute before the fight as you were walking down? Was there any point where you recognized that, or only after the loss? No, like before it and stuff, like you always have doubts anyway, though. Uh, that's the thing that I didn't really see. I was like, God, just put it to the back of my head and said everything will be fine. You know, you're just going in there and you're doing what you do every day. And like my training had been perfect. Uh, there was no issues there. But just when I got, actually when I was warming up, I was like, I just can't wait to get in there and uh, just fight, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not a good thing that you should be thinking. And uh yeah, so, uh, and obviously after the fight, you've got nothing really, you, you're thinking about your loss and you're thinking, what can I do differently? And that's when I found out that I need to sort out all these stuff in, uh, in six weeks before the fight, when I went to Sweden, maybe I should have been like, right, wait a minute, I can't just get up and go to a different camp. I need to sort out uh, these issues, but... At the end of the day, I'm just like so, so stubborn and selfish that I wanted to do the fight, you know. Mm-hmm. And and how did you digest the loss? Like, did you go anywhere? Did you do anything? Did you, you know, just disappear from MMA? What did you do? <laughs> Pretty much, I kind of sat in my house for two days, cried, and uh, ate a lot of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> what flavor? But, uh, <laughs> Cookie, uh, cookies and cream. My favorite flavor. Wow. Really? Yes. I love anything with Oreos in it. Me too. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Really? High five. High five. There it is. For my son's <laughs> birthday cake uh, a month ago, I got him an Oreo cake. Not because he liked it, because I liked it. <laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> he can't. But as long you. as he liked it. <laughs> sure. He likes anything. He's only three. But yes, uh, tell us more. So, so you were in, you were in uh, your house just eating ice cream for two days and crying. Yeah, and then like I was like, this is terrible. I need to go up to the gym, and then went up to the gym, and then I went to Iceland the, the next week, and that was good. I trained a little bit, and yeah, just kind of caught up with a lot of people and uh, ate a lot of food, and yeah, just caught up with everyone and kind of was more open with people and. Uh, had fun and thought, right, I need to have more fun because it's 
it's quite fun. <laughs> so here's the thing. We're, we're, we're talking now about this and you, you have the fight coming up. But this didn't happen all that long ago. Like usually I feel like we have, when I have a conversation like this with a fighter, it's like six months ago. This is literally a month and a half ago. You truly feel like everything's okay. You're in the right spot mentally and physically and that you can focus and be your best on July 18th. Yeah, like it may not feel like that long ago for you, but it feels like ages ago. Okay. I've done a lot of stuff uh, and a lot of things have happened since then, so... Uh, yeah, it's all good, and you know, like the negative stuff that was there before, I've uh, managed to deal with, and, and it's not going to be part of my camp uh, anymore. So, yeah, and it's we'll a, soon find it anyway. Sure, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, also. That wow, what are the chances? It's the first show in Scotland. I feel like that's what what, what great medicine that is for you. you. Can be home, you can get the love. You're such a popular fighter. The fans really have this connection with you. The the timing. I mean, coming off, if you have to suffer your first loss, this couldn't come at a better time, right? Or is it too much pressure? How do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I always believe like things happen for a reason, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be like, yes, I've lost, and um, this is that's been the perfect outcome. No, I, I hated losing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like the fans don't don't deserve to see me not at my best especially how hard I try and uh, how hard I train you know I put I dedicate everything to this and uh, to lose is just heartbreaking but uh, yeah I'm really excited for Glasgow and it'll be good to to let everyone know that uh, to forget about my last fight. (laughs) And, And finally anything you want to say I mean like I said these fans of yours they, they truly love you, and you have a great connection, as many MMA fighters do. Um, and I know when you posted you know, that stuff on Facebook, social media, whatever, you received a lot of positive feedback, and maybe at the time it meant nothing, but that stuff, I think, deep down does help. Anything you'd like to say to those people? Uh, you can't say it meant nothing. It meant the world to me. You know, I was in a dark place at that time, and uh, the support I get is unbelievable, and... You know, all these other girls in the category, I remember in the house, they were saying that they get all this negative uh, feedback and negative posts and stuff. I don't see, you maybe see like one or two, but I have the most amazing support team out there. Like the fans are amazing. And uh, even them not knowing me personally, they knew that that wasn't me fighting. And that's kind of special that, people know, could see that. And yeah. uh, just every message, I read them all and uh, I try and reply to them all, but there's so much. And I uh, just really appreciate all their support and they're amazing. <laughs> well, I am reminded of the the great saying, it is always the darkest before the dawn. And I think that applies. Even with this great Skype connection, it's so bright it looks fantastic. It is uh, crystal clear. So I really am happy to see and hear that you are in a good spot, that you have a smile on your face, that you're able to focus on July 18th. You've turned the corner. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on to talk about this stuff because I know it's probably not the the happiest subject and the subject that yeah, you I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I can't really... I just don't... There's stuff I don't want to say, and obviously because... Uh, 
it's just personal and as I was saying earlier I'm really secretive and stuff but uh, I mean things are better now and uh, maybe when I retire I can tell more <laughs> all right for now tell my story yes absolutely for now we won't worry about that best of luck to you again thank you so much for the time I know this was a sparring night for you and you had to rearrange your schedule so I truly truly sincerely appreciate that good luck again Looking forward to the fight, and I promise I will not bother you between now and the fight. Yeah, I've got uh, to uh, get a restraining order against you. Oh, come on. Now that's a lie. <laughs> I only asked you like twice. You and Shelby now. Okay, no. Do not, do not ever put me in the same category as Sean Shelby. That is a real... <laughs> That is a real problem. Thank you so much, Joanne. I really appreciate it. Thank you to your friend as well for the uh, Wi-Fi connection, and good luck in training. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. There she is, Joanne Calderwood, stopping by from Scotland. Great stuff from her. As always, great to have her on the show. It was really good to hear from her once again. Okay, let's move along. As I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we were hoping in July that we'd see a great fight between Benson Henderson and Michael Johnson. Unfortunately, when they announced that they were moving the tough finale from Florida to Las Vegas, that fight just kind of disappeared. No real reason given. So we had to find out why. Wanted to have our good friend Benson Henderson on the show. It has been a while. Benson, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Ariel. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. So this is the question a lot of people have been asking me since they came out with that news. Why aren't you fighting Michael Johnson in July? I had an injury. I won't be cleared for, for a little while, so I had to respectfully bow out of that one. I was uh, kind of disappointed in myself, but you got to do the doc say because ultimately they have the piece of paper they got to sign off you know sign off for you and uh my doc wouldn't do that so i'm not cleared um but i'll, I'll be ready for i'm hoping they'll put me on the the card in korea i think it's in november sometime so i'm definitely willing to wait to, to be on that card so what exactly happened i training man it, it, it's a rough sport it's uh you know we get punched and kick and choked and your buddies train you every day. They know your your weak spots and you know what you're good at, what you're not good at. So it was just training. It wasn't even a hard sparring session. It was a nice, easy, uh, you know, training session, sparring session, uh, and you know, you got you get injured. That's the nature of the beast, I suppose. And and you said you're still not cleared, right? Uh, yeah, actually, still not cleared. Oh wow! So when did you suffer the injury? Uh, a while ago, um, I, I had it and I, I kept, it was, it was getting, uh, Joe Riggs and, uh, Brad Scott, uh, ready for their fights. And, uh, so they, you know, they needed training partners uh, for sparring. So I, uh, I kept, you know, sparring with those guys for two weekends afterwards and it definitely didn't, didn't help the situation at all. But, you know, you gotta be there for your boys. Sure. They're there for you. They, uh, they go out of their way, help you out. So you got you got to return the favor, you know. That's what Arjun's all about. So uh, it didn't help the situation at all. Are you able now to discuss what exactly happened? I probably won't ever say exactly what it is. You know, I will say that it was by far, by far the uh, like with some of those injuries, you're hurt. You know, like you are injured, but the rest of your body feels perfectly fine. So it, it is what. In that sense, it was like the hardest thing I ever had to deal with. Like I was felt just fine. I wanted to go do you know whatever, but not being allowed to, um, 
even though the rest of your body feels just fine. So that kind of sucked. I was, I was kind of sad about that. But, yeah, I, I probably would never actually fully disclose what it is, um, maybe like later on sometime, but, you know, whatever. Wow. That, that, uh, that makes me w- really wonder because you don't know. I mean, usually when you get an injury, your body hurts. And, and even if it's in one spot of the body, it's, so, it's still going to be. It's just the way you describe it is very mysterious. You get what I'm saying? Well, I, I'm not having mysterious or anything. I just, uh, I guess that's right, though. You're right. It's like if your elbow hurts. No, I, I had a, I had a hurt elbow before. The rest of my body felt fine. I just, I when I when I uh, shadow box and when I did when I did you know practice, I would just keep my my hand up um, by my chin and not use my my right arm at all, not use my right elbow at all. But I would do the rest of practice. So yeah, kind of, sort of. I understand what you're saying, but I'm know, just trying. I'm just trying to get it out of you. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> um, is this a fight that you wanted? Did you like this fight because you were coming off the 170 pound, you know, um, like uh, that 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 fight of the year, performance of a lifetime, all that stuff against Brandon Thatch, and then you're going back to 155, so you couldn't really build off of that. How did you feel about the fight? I felt, I felt the fight was a great matchup. At 55, I, I really don't care who it is. Uh, I'll fight anybody tomorrow. Like I, I can't make weight class, but. <laughs> At 55, you know, like two us 55 pounders, I'll fight anybody, like whenever. I'm, I'm very confident at 155. I'll beat Dos Anjos, give me a rematch against him, you know. Uh, Anthony Pettis, I'll, I'll take him out too, you know. It doesn't matter. At 55, I'm about as confident as you can possibly be you know, in a weight class. Uh, so I, I thought the matchup against Johnson was good, you know, definitely an up and comer. Reminded me of a bit of like a, a Rusam Kavalov, like a lot of hype, uh, you know, on, on a good little win streak and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, so it would have been a good fight, you know. It would have been um, entertaining for the fans. Uh, Johnson brings a good pace. He's a southpaw, so you would have had uh, two southpaws going at it. Um, it. You know, he trains at, the, at a tough gym, tough camp. Uh, so I, I think it would have been a fun affair. But you know, at seventy, I, that's going to be a little more like I have to be a little more selective. Like, mm. oh well, I, I can't take, I can't fight this guy on two weeks notice. I can't fight this guy. You know, just whatever. Like, I'll be like, okay, give me a full, like, you know, five weeks, six weeks to prepare for maybe for this guy because he's kind of big, kind of strong. So, so you know, uh, this show is live. People can watch it, listen to it, you know, right now, right? And as, as, yeah. as, as a result of that, people are telling me about an interview that Michael Johnson just did on MMA Junkie Radio discussing you. And also discussing, I guess he knows your injury, but I don't want to put you on the spot here. So if you're uncomfortable talking about it, I won't, I won't ask about it. But apparently on, on the radio, as people are tweeting me right now, he was talking about you and, and the reason you had to pull out of the fight. Are you uncomfortable with me asking you about, uh, asking you about it? Would you rather me get off the topic? Uh, I'm fine. Whatever you want, Ariel. Uh, I'll, I'll dance around a little bit more. You know, I'll be elusive in my, in my answers to you if, if it you know, broaches the subject uh, too closely. But I was, um, I was, I would imagine they would tell Michael Johnson the reason. I, I'm not sure if they did or or they didn't. I, I don't know. Uh, so he might know. I, actually, I'm not sure if he knows or not. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a weird thing to to play out over a live interview. But on MMA Junkie Radio, uh, just like ten minutes ago, I'm being told uh, via Twitter, um, he said that you suffered an eye injury. Is that accurate? It, it was. It was in that area. It was in that area. Okay. Fair enough. I'll take a hint. Yeah. Um, no, he, 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 I imagine that they, they told him uh, pretty close to what the situation was, you know. Does that bother um, you? Nate. Nate. 
I can't be mad at him now. You know, he's a grown-ass man. He can make his own decisions. Maybe he didn't know that I wasn't disclosing it or something like that. So it's fine. He's he's a grown man. He can make those decisions. My team in person, we'll, we'll talk it up. We'll, uh, you know, it'll be just fine. I, I ain't mad at him. Nothing, no. When do you expect to be cleared? Uh, <laughs> I, I hope to to be cleared uh, by November twenty eighth. Oh, whenever the whenever the whenever the the doc you know uh, takes a look at me and, and gives me the the green light. I, but the the timetable is one of those weird is one of those weird ones. There's no like set timetable exactly. He was being as elusive as I have been with you. He was he was elusive as well as giving me a set timetable on you know when I'll be good to go and this and that and blah blah blah. And you know most doctors they all got you know got to cover their butts for insurance reasons. They can't overpromise you something. And then you know they don't deliver because they overpromised you, and then they you know get exactly what you were what he told you initially. But that was a very optimistic guess. So I, I think he's just being very uh, pessimistic. I could like be uh, in my life in general, uh, in, in my career and everything. I could like be as optimistic as possible. So I'm, I'm looking at the the best case scenario. I think he's looking at the worst case scenario. So I, I guess a doctor always has to be careful and not so much pessimistic. But I get what you're saying. He just doesn't want to give you false hope. Um, so, yeah. so let me ask you this, was this potentially career threatening at all? I mean, because of how up in the air, it seems, I mean, usually you get a knee injury, you're like six to eight weeks, you're good arm injury, you know, I mean, because of this unknown nature, was it at all career threatening? I never once considered it. Me personally, I never once considered it career threatening. It doesn't matter what it is I got to do or, uh, how much prayer it takes, you know, uh, I'm a very optimistic individual, so I never once approached it or thought about it as a career injury. Okay. You know, if I ever have a secret, I'm coming to you, my friend. <laughs> you are a vault. That is good stuff. Um, and, and, and you are 100% confident, Korea, you'll be ready for that, right? Absolutely. I'll do whatever it is I physically possibly can do. But, yes, I, I, I will be ready for that career card. Um, and you're going to see a whole new beast. I'm... I'm, I'm we decided we were flip-flopping back and forth the idea of 55 or 70. You know, Desano's being the, the belt holder now, like, you know, maybe getting another two or three wins and getting another shot at him because my uh, loss against him was, you know, I it, it is what it is. He beat me. He got his hand raised. But uh, it was, um, you know, not not a uh, typical decision sure. the, the way it ended. So, uh, you know, we think about getting one or two uh, more, you know, exciting W's under my belt and then getting a title shot against him. I would love to get my hands on him again. Uh, but, you know, I think we decided, uh, my coach and I, Don Crouch, to go up to 70 and, you know, we're going to take this time off to, to rebuild my body. We're going to be a whole new unveiling uh, for 170. I'm, I'm trying to walk around at 82 to 80, 85, you know, walk around maybe like 65% body fat and just, you know, be explosive, just, you know, really opens my eyes up. Uh, I'm in the next fight at 170. Wow. And uh, anyone in particular you have in mind? Uh, I don't... It was a little bit harder to get fights at 55, you know? Like, uh, not all the guys want to fight me for too long or so. I had a few guys actually call me out, Rustam and Michael Johnson. You know, those like, only two guys in the last, like, three years who, uh, you know, actually said they wanted to fight me. Uh, but it seems that 70, I don't have a whole lot of takers either. Um I'm hmm. down to find anybody. I, I, I asked Aaron Woodley over Twitter, social media, and uh, I, I said, as long as you don't hope smash me, you know, let's get it on, you know, let's do it. Uh, but he, you know, everyone's trying to get a, a higher up fight. At 170, I'm, I'm a small fish, I suppose. You know, like, I'm, I'm not, 
any any serious contention at 170. So you don't have a lot of whole guy, a whole lot of guys who want to fight you because there's no real big reward for winning, and there's a lot to lose if you do lose against me. Um, but 70, I don't think a whole lot of guys want to fight me. Anyway, that's what I was told by some of the guys in the UFC who work there. You know, that's what I was told by them. Um, but we'll we'll see if they can you know find somebody uh, to match me up. You know, um, I'll, I'll take whoever you know. Whoever the number two guy, number one guy, number three guy, number four guy, whoever it is, you know, that's enough time. I can be prepared. I can be ready for him. It's funny because I have mixed emotions about this. On the one hand, I feel like, yeah, let's let's build off of what we did against Brandon Thatch. It's 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 a new chapter in your career. It was inspiring, all that good stuff. On the other hand, now that Pettis isn't the champion and your fight against Dos Anjos was controversial. I feel like you have a nice little path right there to the the belt. Of course, if he keeps it, you know, after a fight against Cerrone and who knows when Khabib comes back. You really think, though, that 170 right now is best for you, though? Uh, cutting weight really sucks. Yeah. I, I like eating. I'm a fat sure. kid. I'm a fat kid at heart. You know, like I'm a, I'm a real fat kid at heart. Uh, so that, that always sucks. I've been doing it for such a long time. But like, you're, you're right, though. You know, at 155, if you think about it, like, Khabib was hurt, right? Uh, um hurt his knee again or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy just picked up another, not easy win, but he picked up another, you know, good, solid win. Uh, everyone knew he was going to win going into the fight. So, you know, like, and then I have my, <laughs> I have my loss to Cowboy, you know, nothing but love for Donald. Um, you know, he, he, he beat me in our last affair. Uh, we all know how that played out. So, I, I don't know, you know, like, what, what do you, what do you do? What, what do I do? Where, where to go? Um, but if, uh, 55, if they want to make the the match in Korea at 55, I, I could be talking to that if, if it's the right matchup. If it's you know a top contender like Khabib or Cowboy or somebody like that doing it, doing that in Korea, um, I'd be down for that. And, you know, winner gets a towel shot. It, it's just all up in the air, man. I, I don't know. I, that's why I don't like playing this game. I don't like playing the what is game. I hate doing it. I really, really do hate doing it. I just like being told, hey, you're fighting this guy. I say yes and I go get ready. Or you're fighting that guy. I say yes and I go get ready. It, it doesn't matter to me. But playing the what if game, man, it, it can drive you crazy. That's why I try not to do it. You know, when you fought RDA last August, no one really thought, I mean, going into the fight, I think a lot of people were kind of looking past him and didn't really think that he'd be a threat at 155 pounds. Now here he is as champion. He dismantled. I mean, that was a dominating performance against Anthony Pettis. What were you thinking when you watched the Pettis fight? Were you as shocked as everyone else? That was that was a good word, dismantled. That 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 that's a good word choice by you. Uh, it, you. it was surprising. You know, I I, I thought I I didn't know who's gonna win. I, I stopped picking fights as to who's gonna win. I just hope let the best man get his hand raised. You know, let let the judges not screw it up. Let no one get a freak injury. Let nothing you know weird happen. But let let two guys go in there and let them lay it all on the line. And who's ever the better man that night, let him get his hand raised. So that's what I was looking for for the Pettis and the Dosanos fight. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, Dos Anjos, uh, dismantled Pettis, like you said, you know, um, I, I was, I was a little bit surprised. I, I'd say that, um, Dos Anjos, I, I will say though, against Dos Anjos, uh, my coach, John Crouch thought that was a, a pretty good matchup for us. And I, I thought so too. Like, I, I think I can get my hand raised against anybody, but I did think going into the Dos Anjos fight when they first announced it, he would be a tougher fight for me than Khabib. I, I thought Khabib would be like, if he, Khabib's just a wrestler, you know, like, I can wrestle all day long, no problem. You know, as hard as you want to go, I, I place myself against anybody uh, wrestling-wise, you know. Um, but I, I, we, we had a chance to, you know, w- w- lean which way, Dosanos or Khabib. Or against Khabib, you have to wait a little while because of his knee injury. So I thought, sure, you know, you want to give it to Dosanos, 
we don't we don't want to wait for Khabib or whatever. So sure, let's do it, no problem. Uh, but I did think that Khabib would be a little bit of an easier fight against Desanyo. So I thought Desanyo would be a, a tough fight for me, and he ended up being uh, you know getting a a good quick stoppage from from John John uh, what's his name the referee McCarthy. John McCarthy, yeah. Yes. He, he got a good quick stoppage from him, so, you know, uh, ended up being a tough fight for me, uh, like I thought. But, you know, it is what it is. Who do you think wins, RDA or Cerrone in their rematch? We expect that to be the, the next title fight. Uh, did they announce that? Is, is that official? Or no, no, it's not. I just, I mean, he's won eight in a row. There doesn't appear to be anyone else, so I'm just, I'm just guessing if yeah. they did make that. I, I want to put an asterisk by that eight in a row, though. Okay. I'll put an asterisk by that eight in a row. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, no, I, I, I'm joking. I'm joking because uh, I think my longest win streak in the UFC uh, was seven, I think, something like that. I'm around there, anyways. And, and Cowboy, a sucker beat me, you know, on, on the win streak in the UFC. I was like, oh, you sucker. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't be there. You know it, but, you know, we're just, just messing around with him. Um, but I, I think Cowboy and Dos Anjos, Dosan just won that first fight, right? He yeah. uh, he cracked him pretty good. Yeah, I think I think I think Cowboy has reached a point where he's doing a better job coming coming out stronger early in the first round um, against Dosanjos. Like that was when he was starting pretty slow. He wasn't really getting in his groove until the second round after he's been hit a few times and he's into it. And then he starts getting in his groove. Then he's a dangerous dangerous man. Uh, I think he's I think he's addressed that problem. I think he's addressed it. He's a lot better at coming out quicker. Uh, stronger in the in the first round, I think because of that, I think it'll be a, a lot tougher fight between the two. And again, I say you know let them go at it, let, let them put the belt on the line, and whoever the best man is, let them get their hand raised. You know. And again, if if Cerrone wins, I mean, who wouldn't want to see that fight again between you? So I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted now. If you asked me in February, I said stay away from 155. It's a new venture at 170. Now I don't know. I, I guess you have options. That's a good thing. And who knows. I, I, you know, if, if Cowboy again, this is the what if game. I hate playing yeah. what if game. Okay. But if Cowboy does face off against Osano, say Cowboy does win, uh, I could I could take Khabib however long he's out for. If he wants to wait till uh, November, and if he's fully healthy and, and oh. he's going November, I'll, I'll I'll take him in November, and then after I beat him, you know, the, the Cowboy <laughs> who's number four for the title shot, I, I'll be down for that. But that's a very um, that's a very far-reaching, um, you know, guess of, of what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah. but I'm, I'm down for whatever, you know. Yeah, number four. Wow, that would be uh, somewhat unprecedented. All right, um, last chance before you go. You wanna you wanna share the injury or no? Uh it was it was it was hard to deal with, man. It, it was a, a true test of my. Uh, you know, I, I I had to lean on on God a lot for that one. I'm wow. not gonna lie about that. I definitely had to lean on him. To stay positive, to stay in the right mind frame, to not just go to McDonald's for the sweet tea and a and a Big Mac, and then head over to Burger King for for the Whopper, and then for their cinnamon bites, and then go head over to Dairy Queen for the dessert, and uh, just not to to be too sad about it, man. I really had to, to lean on him. It was uh, it, w- it was good though, you know. Like you need to go through trials and tribulations. Uh, sharpest knife in the world, you know, a, a real sharp knife. If it is constantly being used just to just to use butter, you know, uh, just to use some butter, it's going to get dull after a while. You you need to have a a sharpener. You need to put that knife against the sharpener to grind it up to make it tough uh, to keep it sharp. Uh, so the same thing I think for for myself for everybody, we need those trials and tribulations. We need those hard times uh, to make us a stronger, better person. And that was definitely a um, 
you know, a hard time for myself, but I was able to rely on him. But you're feeling better. You're turning the corner. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say. Um, again, I, I like to be optimistic about it. I, I'd say I'm, uh, you know, pretty pretty close to there. Um, I have another appointment scheduled next week, so we'll find out next week exactly what he's what he's what he thinks or how close I am and that sort of stuff. Um, what kind of doctor is it that yeah, you're meeting I'm, with? I'm good. What kind of doctor What's is that? it? What kind of doctor is it that you're meeting with? I don't know. He has like <laughs> six letters behind his name. I'm not, I'm not sure what he is. He has like a D M A S J K or something like that behind his last name. I'm not sure exactly what kind of doctor he is. That's a good question. You are good. I don't think I've ever done an interview where I have more questions after the interview than I did going into the interview. Um, no, you're pretty, you're pretty good, man. You're pretty good. We know that. <laughs> but you have uh, you have said enough. I, I respect your privacy. I respect that you don't want to. Uh, you know, lay all your cards out on the table. Uh, most importantly, I hope I hope that you make a speedy recovery. I hope you feel well sooner rather than later. I, I respect the fact that you want to fight in Korea. I know how much that means to you, uh, but hopefully you'll get cleared sooner rather than later. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Benson. Always always a pleasure. And uh, when you do get cleared and you're 100%, I'd love to have you back on to, to talk about this, this thing that you overcame, whatever this injury is, this mysterious injury. Uh, sounds good, man. I appreciate the, the kind words, Ariel. Thank you, Benson. There he is, Benson Henderson. Wish him the best. Hope he recovers soon. Um, a, a mysterious injury, I guess, in the vicinity of his eye, he said. Um, that fight is not happening, and it seems like it was pretty serious and, and pretty taxing. Hopefully he gets better uh, sooner rather than later and is able to realize that dream of fighting in Korea later on this year. We appreciate his time very much. All right, let's move along now. Um, let's welcome in uh, another guest who calls lightweight division his home uh, fans love when he's on the show we love when he's on the show we've also tried to get him on the show for quite some time he meets ally quinta july 15th in san diego on fox sports one he is king bobby green whoa and he's brought back up where is he oh there he is uh, what it do what it do <laughs> there he yeah, is it's bobby king green okay my man my bobby green like like that's some cocky stuff like I'm not trying to be anybody's king or anything like that. I'm just like a Martin Luther King. I'm here to do this walk of truth. I'm the truth, and that's all we're doing. So I brought my whole squad, and we all here to let you know, just in case you get fouled. Wow. Hey, I got my whole squad. We'll run over there. We'll come all the way to New York. It's you and Ala Quinta at the same time. Whoa. All right. I'm a little intimidated now. I I can't even see you. I see all these guys, you know, giving me the mean mug. And uh, I wasn't expecting it. So it's a five-on-one here. That's how you do, huh? You, you jump me five-on-one. We don't play around here. You see what I'm saying? They don't get a fair face around where I'm from. We don't get a fair face. We don't even get the, the fight. We don't even fight. Guys, you have guns over here. So we need five people. Don't even trip. Well, but I don't know. even need them. I get it on myself. You know how it go. But let's get back to business. So let's get to business. Let, what is business? Business is yes. Al Aquinta? Yes. Or how do I say that guy's name? Al Iaquinta. Iaquinta. Quinta. Okay. Yes. I, so this, this is this is an issue. What I felt with my last fight is that these guys tend to just want to win, you know. And 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 I, I did not realize that in my last fight. I come to fight. I do this for all the guys that come here to fight. I don't know about those guys if they're dancers or if they're uh, runners. I'm not in the chasing business. I didn't get in that. I came to fight, you know. So. You make sure you tell Al if he wants to go in here with me that he comes to fight. Don't get out here and waste my people's fan, especially because we're going to be in my backyard, in my backyard where I run CA, Scali, all day, A1, all day. 
<laughs> okay, are you so, refer are you referring to his fight against Masvidal? We will get you out of here. So come out to fight. Do not waste our time. We don't play that. We come out here and we throw them things. We come out here, we throw shows. So no, none of that running stuff. Don't come out here and do what, what, what nobody wants to see. Everybody came to see a fight. So I want to make sure we're clear about that. Sure. I'll come to fight every time. Watch every one of my fights, Ariel. Who stands in the center of the cage? And who's, who's on the outside? All these guys. And I'm supposed to be the little guy. And I'm running. And I'm the... Uh, Who's Dark Barbosa supposed to be the, the most feared striker? And, and I got this guy running like a marathon. I didn't know we were track stars. I didn't know this was track. I thought this was the art of fighting. I'm not coming to chase guys. If you don't want to fight, then get out of here. Get out. Because we ain't got time for that. We got real fighters like these guys that get out. You know, we come here to fight. By the way, tell us who we have here. We didn't introduce them. I, uh, I feel very rude that I, that I didn't do that. So tell us who we got here. Right here we got my dude right here from D- from New Jersey, DC, oh. the Wolf. What's up, baby? Hello, Mr. Daring. Then we got over here on the left my my dude Jamal, aka Pretty Boy. What's up, Pretty Boy? Uh, we got <laughs> the hottest dude in Cali, RJ in the back. RJ, respect. And we got the ringleader, my my head coach and dad, <laughs> Jake Benny. JB, hello. Pleasure. So, hey, you still got you still got them uh, them little uh, magnet magnet. What are they? They're like uh, what are they? What are they called right here? The uh, the cufflinks. Yeah, cufflinks. Oh you yeah, you know, you know. cufflinks. I do, you know, I do. You know. Of course, I do. I do. But you know, I can't go. I can't go to a fight. Yeah, okay. I, you, okay, you want to you want to bet? I'll bring them on the show next week. Okay. okay. I'll show them to the we'll world. We'll don't, be watching. We'll see if you're a man of your word. Don't call me a liar, Bobby. Well, because this is the problem, Errol. Listen, you mentioned something before you got me on. You said this. You said he has not did an interview yes. or, or been mad at you. Or, or, or You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking I said about. You, we had some words. Oh, yes. And, and I felt some type of way. And I haven't done no interview since, really, because why? Why? Because the, the media and the way you guys play our stuff. I want you to understand this. We're the leaders, and you got, are the follower. You are the follower. Every time we do something... You bust a nut. You get happy and you get excited. Because why? That's a headline for you. Okay? So make sure that we're clear. Um, but we're secondly, cool. We're cool, right? So so, yeah. so when so trust and know that I, I understand that the game. I understand it's your job to to create these things, to, to have ratings for your show, the MMA Hour. We are on the MMA Hour. Trust me. I know where we are. So when I give you something hot, like... When I, when, I, when I share a story with you sure. about how Don Cerrone's treated me, this kid who's, who I've done nothing to nobody and I'm just a happy-go-lucky kid the first time in the UFC and this guy comes and shits on my dream and not only gets on me one day but two days in a row just of, of, of like what I like to call bullying. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we stand up against bullying and, and we don't stand for that. So now this is my retaliation. And I just spoke a story and I shared it with you on your story. I know it's hot. I know it's this big thing, but I didn't need you to go in there and put it in headlines. Bobby throws racist allegations. Come on now, bro. Are you trying to kill me? This is my life, and I want you guys to understand. I'm not just talking to you because you told me that it was not just it was not you, that it was one of your guys. So it's your editor or it's your, it's your producer or your writer, whoever it is. They need to get their ass handed to them. So let them know I'm mad. Okay. Let them know that I'm on the head. Can I clear something up? Uh, I be- I believe what, what? I t- and by the way I I miss you. It's great to see you again. This is great. 
back. You're back, you know baby. I haven't been able to watch since my last little fight, so I know. I'm I want to get to that. I want to get to that. But first, let's 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 clear this up. You you came on the show. I believe it was in August. You talked about this story. People listened to it. People reacted to it. And I never, for the record, I never threw anyone under the bus. I said how it works. You know, on this website, people listen to the show. We have a writer assigned to an interview, and a writer will then write a recap of said interview. So I said that that was the headline, and I stand by it because you did call him a racist, right? You may not like it. No, 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 CC. Let's go back there. Okay. Where, you find it. I said he said racist shit, bro. Isn't that and a racist? No, that's not. That's like so. If you say some dumb shit, and I'm gonna say it right now. You are saying some dumb shit. Then you I'm just dumb. out of your mouth right now. And you just said some dumb shit. Then I'm because dumb. why? Because that does not mean that makes you not. That doesn't make you dumb forever. That doesn't make you like a retard. That makes that you just said something dumb. That you just stuck your foot in your mouth, which you did. So therefore, that doesn't make you permanently dumb. Okay. Just so if I said something like, "Hey you, hey you white boy," I, uh, you said something racist at that time, but that does not mean that I'm a racist. I got white friends. I, here's my dad right here, who's white. So don't try to make it seem that I'm racist. But I said some racist stuff, even though I do have family members who sure. are of the other race. So don't try to make it seem that way. So put your foot out of your mouth again and speak. <laughs> okay, well, I don't think anyone was was you know trying to hate on you or reprimand you. I think they were just kind of recapping what you said. I don't think anyone was trying to get you in trouble or 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 call you out. You know what I mean? That's not the way I the took it. You may the interview was heated. The it interview was. was already intense. Trust me, <laughs> it was already hot. Sure. So that's what I'm saying. But you have the power again to, to choose what you chose to put out there. You could have said Bobby Green goes on a rant, and and, and that'd have been fine. Bobby Green goes you crazy. You would. You could put. Oh yeah, fine. right. You would. You would have hated that. Purple suicide. No. You didn't find then. But no. you have to go by here and go racist allegations. Why? Because that will get me just like, oh, I've been on a pitchfork since, bro. And that's thanks to you. No. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, friend. <laughs> no. How are you? <laughs> thanks, and I appreciate that. Because this is my life. I know this is your job, and that's cool. And you just enjoy what you do. You, you're great at what you do, Ariel. You pick guys, and you pick these questions, and you pick and prod, and you get what you get for your ratings. This is the MMA hour. This is the show to do it on. <laughs> Trust me, I know where I'm at. Don't think you got me fooled. You've been fooled because I brought you here to bust your butt. Because you are the guy at the end of the day that are that's ending up looking like the jet because you end up taking our lives and opening them up. And you don't even realize what you do at the end of the day. You don't realize that there's people that actually take offense to what these things and how you put these things, even though we are responsible for what we put out. Don't get me wrong. We are responsible for what we say. I'm but happy you said that. If I if I for instance, if, if someone came and it, it said their their uh, side of story, and then you turn the, the story and change this just that much to say that there are um, now these different allegations versus me just saying an experience. Oh, yeah, it's just an experience. But it's just all in our words. Our words can kill. Our words can kill in, in, in the simplest, slightest ways. So, well, oh, so I'm saying is you got these fighters' lies and your jeopardy in your hands. Be careful of what you put out there, bro. Because you know what? Low-key, I wanted to come all the way down to New York. I wanted you to see the white in my eyes when I said it so that you know that's the truth, you know? It's like it's nothing, bro. I can come down there to your inner, into your little booth and said this, you know? But be honest with you, I'm afraid of heights, you know? So <laughs> I hate to fly. So I'm only flying when I got to fight, you know what I mean? I'm only flying when I got to fight. Well, you always have a home here. I will correct you on a few things. I take that power and that responsibility very seriously. You may not think so. And by the way, you don't think this is my life? 
You don't think this is what I live and breathe? This is how I provide for my kids and my family. You think this is a game for me? You think this is a fun little thing? So you coming on my show and feeling down about an interview that I conducted bothers me. And you can let the world know that I texted you after and said that if you felt like I put you in a rough spot, I apologize for that, even though I really didn't have to apologize. You know, I didn't know about that story. You came out and told us that story. So the way people interpret it, at the end of the day, look, I don't think anyone was calling you a racist. And no one was saying anything bad about you. You were sharing a story that made you feel bad. I'm shocked that you're still fired up about it, but I'm happy we're having this conversation now because it's good to clear the air. Because but, uh, I haven't, I don't really do interviews since. I, I know. haven't interviewed. Why people think that? But that don't get I it. Don't get it. Some type of some type of, uh, of, um, of uh, type of ploy or something to 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 get publicity, you know. And I'm just explaining to to them that I'm real, and and this is the real life of of these fighters. That it's 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 territorial. It's it's not just peaches and cream, and we're all just sitting here having fun. It's it's everywhere you go. And so I just shared a small story with you to let you know how real this is really is. And and you turned into something evil, you know. So I didn't do anything. Listen, I'm just saying, like, so I just feel like you use these things, yes, to feed your family. I understand you need to feed your family, do what you need to do. But that's why I brought you the story to feed your family. Trust I me, I want you to eat. I appreciate I want you that. To eat just like me. But I brought it for you. But you think my I brought it for you? You think my intentions are bad? You why do you think? You have to go and take the gift and you have to go parade around and say, "Aha, look what I got." I didn't ah, do that. I did not do know? that. Oh, you got the gift. I didn't tweet about it after. We on the air right now. More? We on the air right now. Let them know what's up. Red Butler's in the building. What's up? Your favorite favorite journalist, Red Butler's in the building. Salute you, baby. That's my dude. I'm always here, baby. How many more do you got in there? Let's go. Here's the thing. I got a question for you. Yes. What's your feeling on the Donald Cerrone-Bobby Green fight? The fight that never was? You think you think that's a fight for the how, fans? How is that possible? Don't get me wrong. I love my I love my company, but but how is it possible that where you take a guy off a court where there's no reason for us to be taken off? Like he's agreed and I've agreed, or or the fight is already going on, and then somehow I just disappear. Look, you know. W- so w- I love my company, but at the same time, I felt like that was already a, a done deal, and sure. now it just sucks that he got away. But um, at the end of the day, the truth shall prevail. And I guarantee you, I'm going to see him. I guarantee you, the true Chopper Bear, I will see him. My talent will show. I will see I, him I, I look, sooner or later. You can run, you can hide, but I will get you. I, I look your, forward to that. What's your opinion on the fight? You know, here's, here's the thing. I, I don't think that I'm in the position to defend Donald Cerrone or speak on his behalf. But I will say this. I have a lot of respect for him because what we learned this past weekend, this is a guy who had seriously injured ribs and his whole team asked him to pull out of that fight against John McDessie. After Khabib Nurmagomedov pulled out, he had the out to pull out and he said, no way, I agreed to fight, I'm fighting. And I really believe that he's one of those guys who lives up to the uh, moniker. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm about to cut you off with all the, <laughs> him up right now. You know what I mean? The, that's great. So and this, I love is, the that thing. this and, is the and, thing. This is the thing. I love the guy in terms of who he is inside the cage. Sure. The fighter he is, hey, I salute you. You go out there and fight. That's why I wanted to fight him. It's guys that come out to fight. He didn't come out here to waste nobody's time. So I give that to him. He is a fighter mm-hmm. in that terms. But as in terms of a man to a man, you're a liar. You sit here and lie in public and, and tell me something happened. But I don't even want to get into that. Let's get back to what I'm saying. We know it's hilarious, Ariel. Yes. Is that John? What's, it, what's John's last name that fought him? Oh, McDessie. John was there that day of the whole situation. Oh, really? He was there. He was one of the signers. Yes. 
and Isaac Valley Flag was there. And and uh and, and what's his name? Uh I can't believe we're going was over there. Why are we going and over this again? Seen, Isn't this old news? Aren't even in the industry or, or they're on their way out of the industry. They're all this is why the truth is happening. God does what he does. Like you guys had your time to speak up and speak the truth, and they don't want none of those guys want to open their mouth. You know what happens? They're getting kicked out because why? Their talent is not that well. It's not getting the truth comes. And I'm sorry, this is what happens. You didn't say nothing. So they're getting their so shoot out. Karma. It karma. It's, it just happens. I, I'm not saying it happened, but all of a sudden these guys' careers are not blowing up. They're not having things, not having any success. But I believe I believe they wanted to book that Eddie Alvarez fight for him, but it was looking like Strike Force was taking excuse me, uh Bellator was taking too long to release him. Then when he became available, that's when they changed things. But I don't believe and you know he well, can whatever I gotta do to prove it I, after, I, after I'm done with Quinta I'll fight Eddie Alvarez to, to get to him or, or whatever right. way you want me to do it I'll fight Pettis to get to him I'll fight whatever way I gotta get to get to him well let so me ask you this do what we gotta do. How, are you, know. how, how are you feeling you posted a picture and we're gonna, we're gonna show right now of your quad pretty gruesome picture that you showed you had a, a really serious injury what happened there and how are you feeling now um war you know I came out to fight I, I don't come I come to go out on my shield bro if you're going to beat me, send me out of my shield. You know, um, I'd rather lose that way in an honorable way than to, to go to decisions, you know. And I went out there trying to, um, as soon as you understand, so we're both supposed to be known as the most feared striker in our division at this, at this point in time. Um, so what I was to do was to show that I am not scared and I'm no girl. I beat every man where he's best at. If you think you're a better striker than me, show me. Show me. And so what I did was I put my hands down to get this guy to fight because he's running so much. I put my hands down to provoke him. And I showed that I can walk to you with my hands down and prove that I can still hang out with you. And you're the best striker in our division. I'm disrespecting you. My hands are down. I fought half the fight hands down. So it happened to cost me. In the second round, I got caught with this spinning back hit, which I actually blocked. But it actually comes around and knocks me down still. But... I'm not even rocked where I jump back and I'm like, hey, finish your fight. Like, normally that's the way it works is when you knock a guy down or you rock him. The guy usually rushes in and finishes him. But for some reason, he's not doing that with me. I'm back to chasing him. <laughs> Watch the fight. And it's funny. It's like these judges. I took, I took Barbosa down the first 10, 20 seconds of the fight. I showed that my wrestling is better than yours. I took him down and then I let him up. Get up. I'm here to fight. I'm not here to, to, to wrestle or to – I just I showed you I'm better. There. I took the no, I didn't even get a takedown. So I felt that the takedown for the first round and the strike was pretty even that I run, I won first round. Second round he gets knocked down. Third round, I chased him around, I cut his eye, and I'm chasing him around all the round around around the ring. I ran third round. I, I felt like it was a close fight, no doubt about it, but I won it by a close fight. But it was my one of the most terrible performances, which is why you're throwing these guys who are here who don't come to fight. They come to, to score points and to try to get uh, he was trying to survive. He was just trying to get by. Some guys get. Uh, so do you some think, guys got to come here and fight. So, the, so, so, you, fight? you were referring to. I think you were referring to Al's fight against Masvidal, right? When you were saying don't run, right? No, no, I'm, re I'm, re I'm referring to Barbosa. No, as no, no. But at the beginning, what, what but, I want to know but, is, are you worried that Al's going to do the same thing? Yes, yes, yes. These guys all. Hey, these guys all think they're going to get in there and do what they're going to do, and then once they start. Realizing what I'm doing in there and, and, and what the games and what I brought into there, they go, holy moly, I'm out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and take a step back, you know. Um, look at Josh. Josh ran. Josh Thompson ran. Barbosa ran. Um, 
it's these constant guys where I'm chasing these guys around. I'm like, I'm not hearing them. these marathons, you know? What the heck? Did you come? Did you make me wait three, four months to do this? Hmm. We came to do this? Are you, no. Are you healthy? They're paying that your money. That, that Mayweather's probably having me sick. That they're going to pay that much money to watch two guys have a sparring dancing session. You're like, I don't know what the heck happened, but to pay that, 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 much, that type of money is ridiculous. I'm going to give these people their hard-earned money. They came to see a fight. Here I come. I promise you I'm not going nowhere. I'm standing in the middle of the cage. Here's my words. No, no chance. I'm standing in the middle of the cage, and I'm not going nowhere. You move me if you can. Move me if you can. <laughs> so when that fight starts on July 15th, you're going to walk to the center. I will center. stand in the center of the cage, and I'm not moving Ali Quinta. Come on. Fight if you can. I came to fight. Does he do anything? I'm going to be chasing him around. I promise you that. I promise you he won't be chasing me. Does he do anything? I promise you he won't be chasing me. Does I promise he... you he won't be pushing the fight on me. I promise. The... He hasn't pushed the fight on Masvidal. That's what got him to win, even though he didn't win against Masvidal. He did not win. Masvidal is the better fighter. But I promise you he won't do that to me. I'm going to be pushing that fight. I don't get tired. I don't get tired. Does he do anything that? Does he do anything that concerns you? No. No. Nothing. But run. But run. <laughs> run. That's what the concern me. The, these guys are not here to fight. What are we? What are, are we dancers? Or are, are, we, are we CrossFit guys? <laughs> are we track stars? You know? Are we break dancers? Uh, you know? I thought we were called fighters, but I, I understand that, that it's not. This is not rock'em sock'em robots where right. guys are gonna stand there and beat each other up. But there is some type of technique to movement. You know. There's a movement to set up something. There's a movement to something. And then there's just guys who are just moving from left to right to left to right to just left to right until the time ends. He's, he's working on a clock. What is this? What is your, 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 your intention of fighting? Your, 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 what are you here for? These fans paid to see a show. That's not a show. So don't give me these guys that don't come to fight. So if you come to fight, come fight me. Come call me. And I'll come, I'll come find you. All you got to do is call my name. Tony Ferguson, anybody call my name, I heard you. Anybody call my name, I'm listening. Here I come. Okay, let me call ask, my name. Let me ask Here you I this. Come to fight. Let me ask you this. What has the last six months been like for you? Because you haven't been able to fight. It's been crazy. It's been a tornado. Why? Everything, nothing been the same since my brother being killed. Ain't nothing been the same. But all I can do is do the best I can. God is is is, is my is my leader and my and, and my guider and give and guide my pathway and I'm doing the best I can. That's all I can do. Okay, so you feel like you're in a good spot? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. Are That's you healthy? all you need to know. Are you healthy? That's all you need to all know right. is I'm ready all to right. fight. All right, let me ask this question because you asked a good question. Okay. Is he in a good spot? Yes. Okay. You think Pinnacle is a good spot for him to be at? I think it's a perfect spot for him to be at. <laughs> you think Pinnacle is a good spot for him to be at? Of course. That's why I moved down here. How about you? It's an excellent spot. How about you? Where, where are you from again? I'm from Jersey. You come all the way from New Jersey to be here? Why is this a good spot? Do you know who this is? I Well, his face is, is... Yes, go ahead. This is how you feed your family, right? Yes. Who's this man right here? You know, he actually looks familiar, but I can't... Why don't you tell me? This is Darian Codwell. Is that oh, right? Of about? course, of course. Better pay attention. Yeah. Better pay attention. DC. Okay, is there a better wrestler? Is there a better wrestler? No. Yeah. No. Uh, Hell no. Okay, you think, Al, you, you, you think, you think Al's going to bring anything to the table this boy can't right here? Well, I don't know. I mean, that remains to be seen. <laughs> what's, your, what's your prediction on the fight? Hot seat. What's your prediction on the fight? You know, I don't like to make predictions because then people get very offended. You know, people take these things to heart. 
They get very yeah, sensitive. Yeah, because, because be you're in the world. And I'm sure you got to understand that. I keep trying to tell you, this is not somebody's just, this is not just a business. This is life, bro. People will take what you say seriously. You got to watch what you say or what you do. You don't think and, I take and, that seriously? And, and, I just told you like I take it seriously. It's almost it's like, not a, a game. like a territory it thing. It's not. So when you say certain things, I'm going to invite I, you. If you say anything say? that's... I didn't, hey, 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 hey. don't get it twisted, my man. Don't get it twisted. Don't paint us all with the same brush. Don't do what you don't want people to do to you. I didn't say anything to you. I didn't do yeah. any. I just gave you the form. I'm the one who tries to get you on my show to talk. So don't get it twisted, my man. Uh, understandable, understandable. You know? I think you guys are best when you're you're face to face. No, I love this. <laughs> this is fantastic. Hey, we have been together. great, Eric. We have been great. You know, all this I'm is... saying is that I did not expect that when I gave you the go. I was. I don't do interviews. And the only reason I did it with you because why I liked you. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like people think I'm why past tense? Why past tense? Show. No, it's only doing it because you actually try to be cool with me. You try to be a homie. I really don't give two sh about any of this. Like, low-key, I don't have to do interviews sure. for none of that stuff, bro. I appreciate this don't, this don't make my day. You take actually taking up my time. <laughs> I was actually punching on something when you took me out of it. So, what's up? Like, why are you taking okay. up too okay, much let me, of my time? Let me ask you this before I let you go. Why have you stopped? You haven't tweeted in like a month and a half. Are you done with Twitter? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm explaining. I'm like, I went underground. I don't even have a Facebook. Like, people think that I do this for y'all. Like, like, I usually do this for people. Now I'm like, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, hey, I'll shut off and, and I'll just do me to the point where it's just coming out of me now. It's about art. It's about how I'm feeling. If I want to do Facebook or if I want to share people with my mind, like, I've been so open with people. I tell everybody the truth. I tell exactly what's going on. Like, I've been going through the worst and everybody knows it. That's my true fans. But I'm real because I'm real. <laughs> But at the end of the day, like, I don't have to be open. I don't have to connect with people and let people know that, hey, you can make it past that, that hard block that you want. Sure. You know, it, it is bright around that next little corner. But right now, I'm just doing me. So I'm just really just worried about me, bro. It's, it's just like I just kind of, like, shut down to everybody. I don't have to do this for, for, so for you're done? publicity. No more interviews? I don't need a Facebook or any of that. I'm just a normal-ass person just like everybody else. That's what I'm saying. This King stuff. It's not about King like that. King is about about... Being like a Martin Luther King, where well, I did a peace walk for people against violence. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm, I'm here to stand against something, against negativity. I am a soldier of God, bro. Like, understand that I am not here to bring negativity. I'm only yelling. I'm only angry because why? Things are wrong, and I don't stand for wrong. And it's negative, and it's wrong. Then it's got to be corrected. And and right now we're in that time where. Let's go. I had to just, I had to get at you this way, so we understand and you have an understanding. Hey, when Bobby get on the show, I better check myself. I better check myself, and I better make sure that I'm incorrect because why? This dude gonna get he gonna get his feelings. He gonna get he gonna get into his feelings, and he gonna say something. So I better make sure I'm correct, and I expect you the same to do the same if I ever say something about you that's false. You say hey, no, check yourself. I feed my family with this, sure. and blah blah blah. Sure, sure. It's just the same way as you did. See yeah. what I'm saying? So. That's all it is, is a check is man. Checking you and letting you know. Why should you do these people? You can you can make or break somebody's career. If you got on there and start hollering, Bobby Green's the greatest, Bobby Green's there, start sucking me up, bro. I get my my whole Twitter fans and everything will go to the roof just because you're sucking me up that much. But no, you're over there on on somebody else's balls, you no. know, or something like that. So Ooh. therefore it happens that way. All right. Um that's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't think that's You get you give me the prediction. How are you gonna win? How am I gonna win? Yeah. This is what I'm saying. I, I don't ever like to predict that. No, when you ask me for prediction, I just you tell you what I'm gonna do. Okay, I'm gonna fine. stand in the middle of the stage. Yeah. And then I'm gonna go after Alakita. Now I'm not gonna stop until he stops or I stop. There's okay. not gonna be a stop. There is no. There is no stop. 
I'm going, and I'm going, and I'm going, and I'm going, so one of our hearts fall out. One, somebody better fucking have a heart attack or knock out one <laughs> I hope two. Not. You know, That's his, what I'm looking for, okay? You, you got so your clear? team there. His team is and, rolling. And then I'm going to show you that I'm not a liar. I'm going to show you that I'm not a liar. When you see me walk over there and start going crazy on that man, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do because oh. there is no predictions of what I'm doing. I don't fight off of what that is. I'm going off what he gives me. If he wants to stand, he wants to stand. If he wants to wrestle, we can wrestle. I'm prepared. I am prepared for wherever he wants to go. So you understand this, that my prediction is it's fireworks. And that's all I like to predict is that I'm coming to Bobby fight. Green. That you can guarantee, <laughs> bet your money, that Bobby Green will fight. Yes. That's what you can do. That he's coming forward and he's coming to fight. I can't say for the other guys. I can't speak for the other guys. But I, you can bet on my end that I will be coming forward and I will be pushing the fight. And he won't be. We've been working on a lot of wrist locks, so watch out. <laughs> Bobby Green by that. wrist lock. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey you, you got your team there. His team is rolling. I got to say, they got the champ there. You know, I Quinta's yeah, doing good. Yeah. Aljamain, sir. Well, you guys think we care about his team, bro? Wait, we ain't who? tripping. I'm we ain't saying, tripping. Wait, hold on. Who? Who? Uh, uh, Chris, who? Chris Weidman, who? the middleweight champion of the world. Uh, Ray Longo, coach of the year. Uh, Aljamain Sterling. You've heard of these names, right? John Volante. Hey. No, no not really. Um, did you wow. say Milante? Did you say Milante? Yeah. Did you say Milante? I did say Milante. Did you know Milante? Yeah. I know of him. I know of him. He got slept by my homie, Lorenz Larkin. Got slept by him. Sure. You know, um, put it on him. Um, hey, yeah, I know them. I know those guys, but hey, no disrespect to their team. They do what they do. Sure. No disrespect to their team. Okay. But we do what we do, man. We do what we do. We ain't worried about them. Okay. We worried about what we let the losers worry about losing. That's what we do. Here's and that's the, all we do. Here's the thing. Final word. We, we respect everybody that we, we get into the to the cage with. You know, their their teams, their coaches, you know, it, they're at that level for a reason. Um, I think they've been in the game a lot longer than I have. I was a student of Matt Serra's uh, as he was moving through his jiu-jitsu career early in his career. Okay. Um, we competed a lot, a lot of the same tournaments. He just happened to be a, a division ahead of me every time. You know, he, he had his, his purple belt and I had my blue. And then he got his brown and I got my purple. And I just chased him through the through the whole grappling scene you know I never really had that opportunity to meet with him but you know we know a lot about their camp we know a lot about their coaches you know they've been in the game a long time and and they've given out great knowledge with some of the guys that they've trained and the, the guys that they've developed but who have they really developed from the get-go what? that's what I want to know wait, wait, who wait, have wait, they developed wait, wait, from wait. the get-go this is not a serious question is it no I want to know like who they who they groomed from the beginning who did they groom from the beginning of their, their career? And who didn't come into the camp? Chris Weidman. Who didn't come into Chris the camp Chris Weidman came in as a zero and zero fighter. Aljamain Sterling, Chris Weidman, Ally, those are all grassroots. Uh, where did he wrestle? Well, what, is, I mean, that's hot. what does that have to do with anything? Everyone comes from somewhere. What, what, what I'm, well, that's what I'm saying. What do you Our mean? program has been under the radar for so long. Because we're grooming our own athletes here. I've been had my program for nine years now. My but, core but, guys. But with all due respect, these, you just said these guys are coming from New Jersey and other places. You're you're not getting them from high school. Hold on, let me back up. I okay. said my core guys. These guys came to me over the last year. Sure. And it's because of the success that Bobby's had and some of my other students, right. Ruben Duran, a handful of other kids yep. that I've groomed. Now we're bringing in that talent that they have at that talent pool in their gym. Now we have great wrestlers. We have great strikers. We have great jujitsu guys. I think that this is a fight that's going to put our program on the map because we are fighting a school that, that's so established and have such great coaches in their program. I think it'll show what we can do from this side of, of things. And I think it will only give us great exposure and bring in more athletes like 
they have in their program now. Sure, sure. No, no, I, I see where you're coming from. I disagree with your statement that they haven't groomed. I think them in particular have done a tremendous job of grooming talent um, because all those guys came in as nobodies. I mean, who knew of Chris Weidman? Who knew of Matt Serra before he met Ray Longo? Who knew of Chris Weidman, Ally, Quinta, Aljamain Sterling? But anyway, that's a different discussion. We could disagree on that. I had a lot of fun I, here doing I, this. Uh, we understand what you're saying. We understand what you're saying right. in terms of they come from ground zero. But um, what my coach was saying is like he was already established as a wrestler that came in with this. Fair enough. You know, Fair enough. Fair I enough. think that Bob, Bobby Green is a high school wrestler. I, I got you. I got you. No, no, no disrespect. I think this was a lot of fun. This is one of my, my most uh, memorable interviews on this show. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming you coming well, five, true. six deep. But, but by the way... I'll give you that real, bro. I'll next time, to next you. time you come... The sooner you recognize this, the better you'll be off is I'll give you that real. As soon as you recognize that, we'll be better off. Next time... always going to be real. Hey, but, but I know you. You like a fair fight. So next time you come five, six deep, let me know, and I'll bring my boys too, all right? That's how we do. That's how we do over here. That's how you West Coasters do? I'm from the... gangs in New York, so we're like, we need to like establish what kind of guns or... You don't... We're going to have knife fight or we're going to have... No, no, no. I don't do any of that. I do verbal. I do verbal warfare. You don't know how we do... I get you? Or is it like we're going to have something established, we're going to meet up and... Down the alley and no, 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 no. With and, no, 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 and bats no, no. or whatever you're choosing. You don't know how we do in the 514, Montreal, Quebec, Canada, the mean streets of Montreal. Verbal warfare. <laughs> Verbal warfare, my friend. The, 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 I, I come from the Jewish streets of Montreal. That is a dangerous, dark place, my man. So you don't know. You don't know who you're dealing with over here. But for now, we have to say goodbye. Much love, Bobby. I hope we cleared the air. Much love to the team. The guy in the back with the San Francisco 49ers has been staring at me the entire time giving me the mean mug over there. He hasn't even looked away from me for a second. I won't even, I won't even address Miami Marlins guy over here on the right. Uh, I mean, what's going on with that hat on the West Coast? And Darren, I love you, but that hair, I don't know about that hair, my man. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It calls out attention, right? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Bobby, I love you, my man. Thank you so much for the time. All the best. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having us on, man. We do greatly appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All the best to you. There they are. Team Bobby Green. Holy moly. That was... Uh, that was memorable stuff. We have kept her waiting long enough. We'll address the Bobby Green stuff later on the show. But let's go to our next guest, Sarah McMahon, patiently waiting. Sarah, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I am sorry about that, Sarah. You, you, did you get a glimpse of what I was dealing with over here? Yeah, that sounded pretty funny. Uh, wow. You know, they tried to jump me. By the way, you could have jumped in. to. I mean, I could use a silver medalist from the Olympics to have my back. <laughs> Where were you when they were attacking well, me? I'm sorry, I didn't know enough about the the history of Ray Longo and the people he's coached to to be able to legitimately back you up. But I could have said that just because you have a wrestling pedigree does not mean that you don't come completely fresh whenever you start fighting. And it's a completely different sport. So when someone has you from the beginning, they really are teaching you how to fight. I mean, look, they could say whatever they want. We won't get into this too much, but... You know, as well as I do, Chris Weidman, Sarah, I, all those guys came from the ground up. I mean, they, they didn't go anywhere first. So I, I was feeling them for a second there. But once he brought that out, I had to, uh, I had to, to check him there because that's 100% false. Anyway, we'll move on from there. Let's talk about you. Um, you know, I, I had heard and I had reported on UFC Tonight not that long ago that there was some talk, some interest of booking you versus Katzengano. Is there anything more to that that you can share with us? Well, um, I was really interested in that fight. I knew that that is a high-profile fight, and I knew that would, um, you know, put me right there in the title contention again. And um, I got 
um, I waited for like a few days and then I, I texted my manager and he said that um, she had to go to the doctor to see if she was going to get cleared. And, you know, from past experience, that's never really a good sign. And because um, usually if you are going to fight with an injury, you're kind of trying to hide it rather than letting everybody know that you have something going on. So I was like, ah, she's probably out. And then she had a different follow-up visit with the doctor. I waited a few more days, and a week later, they said she's out. And then they said that they were going to ask uh, Sarah Kaufman. And I was like, I don't really know why, because of the three other times that they offered it to her. She clearly showed that she didn't want to take the fight, but okay. Um, and then, you know, basically, they've been waiting. Um, it's been a couple weeks now that they text her manager, offered the fight to, with no response. I believe even Sarah Kaufman has stopped responding to Sean Shelby about it. So um, I told them, I was like, just find somebody else, you know, like, but that's the problem is that I'm in the same position with the, a lot of the other girls. I'm, I'm really getting really tired of it. I, I experienced this in the beginning of my career, but I thought once I got to UFC, I'd find more girls that were willing to step up and fight. And I'm finding uh, a shortage of contenders. Do you feel like you're in a tough spot from the UFC's perspective because not that long ago you, you had that loss to Ronda Rousey and it's like they don't want to put you against someone who like a Betch Cohea because if you beat Betch, then they have to give you a title shot right off the bat. Um, so they don't want to have you like kill off a contender because you're super tough and one of the very best in the world, but you just had a title shot. So do you feel like that's what's going on here? You only have a limited like, um... amount of opponents that you could fight? Yeah, um, that they probably want to put me against. But I think that um, if other girls don't want to fight me because I'm good, then I deserve another title shot. I mean, isn't that the person that you want to put against your title holder is the people that other people are avoiding? That's true. That's a good point. Fair yeah. point. Do you think that, I mean, you are coming off the loss to Misha Tate, so it's hard to get it right away. I know you want to get back on track. But do you think that you should be in that discussion, like one or two wins away? Yes, absolutely. What happened in that fight? You were so close. It was looking very good for you early. Where did things go wrong for you against Misha? Against Misha? Yeah. Well, okay. Um, I should have kept it on the feet. Yeah. Um, the the takedown. I didn't. I didn't need the takedown. I could have uh, stayed standing, and that would have definitely been better. And I had um, a rougher camp that made different. <laughs> different things a little bit harder for me to do. And it reflected in my fighting. I was able to do a lot more of the stand-up in my camp and I was able to do less of the ground stuff. And, you know, my performance reflected that, that I was, I focused heavily on one area. What happened in the camp? A, you know, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about that. Oh man. No one wants to tell me anything <laughs> today. I, it's, it's a weird oh, thing. Sorry. I had, I had an injury that oh. forced me to be, very selective. And, you know, um, truthfully, if I wasn't in different, a different position in my life, I would have actually um, backed out of the fight. I just wasn't in that position to back out of the fight. So I trained the best that I could given the circumstances. Wow. And are you okay now? Yes, yes. I'm doing a lot better. It, I had to take a little bit of time off afterwards and, uh, you know, go and do the appropriate things for injury maintenance. But, um, no, I'm... I, even after like a month, I was like, okay, when's my next fight? <laughs> like, have, I'm, you, have you watched the fight again? Okay. Yes, I have watched the fight. Is it hard to watch? Because it seemed like you had her early. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely hard to watch the fight. Um, and knowing, you know, some of the reasons why I did poorly in the, the third round. But, you know, like, I don't normally say stuff, but I think by the judging criteria of the stand-up, I probably should have won the second round hmm. um, by how it's supposed to be judged. I understand that, you know, if you finish a round, you know, on the ground, that, you know, that that is probably fresher in the judge's mind and that it'll typically go that way. But if the exact judging criteria is if 51% of the fight, of the, or that round is on the feet, you first decide to uh, judge it by the feet. Right. You know, I spoke to your coach, uh, Crew Phil Nurse, before the fight, and he told me that you actually did some Skype sessions with him. Um, as far as like training, he would he would sit there on his computer or iPad, whatever, and and watch you train. He was in New York, I believe. You were in South Carolina. Is that the first time you've ever done something like that with a coach? Yes, it is. Um, uh, typically, my coaches are around where I'm at, or I can fly up there and uh, train with them. But you know, like. He trains a lot of high-level fighters, and I want, um, like, he'll watch different sessions. He'll watch sparring sessions. He'll watch uh, drilling sessions with people. He'll watch, you know, me doing stuff on the back just to make sure that I'm doing the, the technique correct. And um, besides actually going with him, it very much simulates what I would get in a practice with him. Mm. You know, being able to watch what I'm doing and make adjustments right then. So so you didn't feel like uh, you were missing out? Valuable. No, no. I mean, there is something different when you actually go and work out directly with Phil. Like, um, that's something that you definitely cannot recreate. But, you know, a lot of the time that coaches are watching your technique, watching you spar with other people. And so uh, that's a very valuable tool to be able to make, you know, mid-practice adjustments and uh, correct things as you're doing them, you know, so you can get those repetitions in for whenever you bring that to the fight. And... Do you kind of worry at this point in your career? I mean, you, you've you've competed for a long time, and you're not. I don't. I don't think anyone would call you old or anything. But you know, you you've had a long athletic career. <laughs> um, are you worried that you're going to have to? You know, I feel like a lot of the 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 female fighters, especially the ones who have fought for a belt, have these extended layoffs um, because you know the divisions aren't as deep, and they have to find the right opponent. Are you getting worried that you're going to have this this extended layoff that you didn't ask for? Um, no, I, Sean Shelby's been actually really good at trying like every six months to get me a fight. Um, I would love it to be more frequently, but, um, I understand that nobody else, you know, is getting that either. So I'm not quite so, you know, I don't feel like it's, you know, directly angled at me. Okay. So who have you set your sights on now? Are you still hoping for Kat? Um, no, cause if she's injured, there's really nothing that you can do about that. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, really, like, I would love for every single girl in my weight class that's in the UFC, if they could, you know, publicly say that they would like to fight me, like, if they could <laughs> just say, yay, hey, I would, I'll fight you, I have no problem, maybe it won't be my next fight, maybe mm -hmm. it'll fight after that, but then I'll know which girls actually are game, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't want this to be, you know, unexposed anymore, if you're not willing to fight, and that's your job, you are a fighter, then... I think that you should have to, you know, you should say, I would like to fight all these people because there is not one person in my weight class that I would say no to fight. Not one. The strongest contender right now would have been Kat, and I already said yes to that. Yeah. The only other, I mean, the only other higher contender would be Rhonda, and I absolutely would say yes to that. Everybody else, 
It's a no-brainer. You know, I'm, I'm looking at so the rank. I just need... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I, I just need yeah. other girls that are willing to, you know, step in. I understand that I would be a hard person to fight, having wrestling credentials and then, you know, improving on my striking. It doesn't matter. That's what you're supposed to do. It's your job. You can't just dodge the people who are working hard and getting better. You know, I'm looking at the rankings right now, and the the, the fight that really jumps out, if it can't be Kat, is Alexis Davis. I know she's going I through... I love s- that fight. Yeah, I, I, although oh. I know she's going through some personal issues uh, that have been well-documented with her niece um, being sick, so perhaps, you know, I, I, I'm sure you wouldn't blame her for taking no. some time off, but... Uh, yeah, Absolutely it, not, because I, I really think Alexis Davis is one of the girls that would yeah. step in and definitely be game. You know, and I think that if everything were, like, if she were injury-free and, you know, everything was going right in her, you know, personal life, I think that she is a warrior and she would step in and do it. This is a tough one. This is, a, this is an interesting dilemma that you have found yourself in. What about Amanda Nunes? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Anyone. One of them. Anyone. <laughs> yes, yes. That's the answer to all of them. When do you think that this will be resolved? When do you think you'll get your next fight? Do you have any idea? Um, they're telling me that they want me to fight on the July 15th card. So oh. that's eight weeks out. That's why I'm so adamant right now of saying somebody step up so you can have a full camp, you know, and there's no problems. There's no stepping in short notice. There's nothing unfair to you. You know, if you want to fight me and you want to be on the July 15th card, let the UFC know. So this is the message. It doesn't matter if you're ranked, unranked, number one contender, 15th contender. If you want to fight Sarah McMahon, this is your opportunity. Yeah, I'm down with it. I mean, I don't know what they'll say. I don't know what they want to match up, but sure. the answer for me is yes. Even if the fight so, doesn't make sense from a ranking standpoint? Uh, it's better than no fight at all. Sure. I mean, experience in there. Um, you know, like if I go out there and if they're not as good and I have a really good performance, it still puts me closer. Right. It puts me closer, rather than just sitting around doing nothing. By the way, side note, what was it like for you to see your fellow Olympian Daniel Cormier win the belt? Oh, that was unbelievable. I was so excited for him. I yeah. was really, really happy. He's worked so hard. Does that inspire and you? And Anthony Rumble. Yes, absolutely. It's my turn. Yeah. What were you going to say about Anthony? Oh, he was... He's an unbelievably tough fighter, too. You sure. know, like, that was an excellent fight. I was... There were times I was so worried for Daniel just because the the power that Anthony has. And, you know, he just stayed in there and made it his fight, and, uh, and that's great. I'm really happy for Daniel. You know, speaking of Misha, uh, recently she was somewhat critical of, of the Reebok deal, and I know this is a very hot topic. How do you feel about it? Um, I feel like this is a really uh, touchy subject um, okay. just because of if you look at the numbers and you look at the facts, um, there could be a strong case for gender inequity in the way this deal is presented. Um, I think that, you know, the UFC and Reebok would never want to be perceived as somebody who is treating an entire gender, you know, poorly. But um, really, if you look at the females, like I've looked at the numbers, um, 86% 86% of the girls are in the first tier, which is 2,500. The, in, the entire strawweight division, except the champion, and I believe Paige Van Zandt has a, a personal deal, which I don't even know what that is, so I can't even tell you what her numbers would be. But the entire strawweight division, by that criteria, 
is making 2500 regardless of how long they've been fighting, regardless of their ranking. And the majority of the women at the uh, family division are in the same boat. The only exceptions are the champion, who's making the, the highest tier, and then Misha Tate is the only one. There's one girl who has above 10 fights. There are five girls who have above five fights. The other 29 girls in the division don't, or the other 20 girls, there's 57 women total. Wow. And only 14% are getting that. Yeah, it's, it's, now, it looks like, if you look on paper, it looks like the Reebok deal is unbiased. Number of fights, if you come from Strike Force or WEC, but that's not the case when it plays out because the women never had an opportunity to fight in the WEC, and they never had, there was only one weight class in the, uh, in the strike force that they fought, and that was 135. So all of the strawweight division is out of luck. And, well, they also had I mean, one. They also had 145, by the way. They had 145. Remember Cyborg? Oh yes, that's right. But, but they don't have that in the UFC, so it doesn't sure. apply. Right, right, right. So um, yeah, and that only applies to the champion. She's the only person that's fought at 145 that dropped down, I believe. Oh no, Amanda Nunes did too. But uh, um, mm-hmm. so that I doubt if you look at the percentages of the men that it's even remotely close to that. Wow, you really came with the uh, the facts and figures there. Well, I wasn't I wasn't going to to make a statement uh-huh. without looking and examining whether I could back it up. I mean, like that that really is the case. Like it would be the equivalent if this were like the civil rights movement. And you desired decided to hire minorities, and then you instill a policy that said um, the only way that you can be applicable for a raise is if you've been in this company for five years. Well, automatically every single minority would be out of that running. You know and the women are just recently added, but that doesn't mean that these girls haven't been fighting for years or doing other sports for years, and that their rankings that they don't deserve to be compensated for that. They deserve twenty five hundred, and I mean, if you even look at other sports, they allow you to have one personal sponsor. The majority of professional sports, so we're not even able to like. I mean, someone who could have a huge, you know, contention with this deal would be Felice Herrig. Because she made a lot of money off of sponsorships. Mm-hmm. She can't even bring one personal sponsor, and she doesn't qualify for the for anything but the 2500 She hasn't fought five times in the UFC. I mean, this is something that they really need to think about because it does look discriminatory against the entire gender. And so I think that they should probably, I think they probably will do the right thing and contact people and make personal deals. And they've already done that with, other people, so I don't understand why they couldn't do that with the women. So have, know, who are getting? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to know if you know you or management, or whatever, have have voiced these uh, these issues that you may have with with the deal to Sean Shelby or anyone else in the UFC. Well, I have now. Oh, with you. <laughs> okay. Are you planning on? <laughs> and I'm, well, you... yeah, yeah. I'm going to follow up and actually make sure I have a legitimate claim. Um, you know, I'm speaking with a lawyer soon that um, does a lot of work with Title IX. So, I mean, gender equity is a wow. is a very big deal. I mean, just because I'm not going to come and say and make statements if I don't really actually have backing. If I don't, if I'm not in the right, you know, I'm not going to be like, you know, For those, I'm not going to pitch a fit and throw a tantrum. I'm going to come intelligently and say this really is not fair. For those that you know that don't know about Title IX, I know that's something you you know very well about because it affected a lot of college athletes. Can you briefly tell them what it is? 
Um, Title IX is say, it basically was saying that women uh, were underrepresented in uh, collegiate sports. And so what it originally was designed to do was you would, for all the male that was getting scholarships and had different teams, they wanted to add women's sports so women had equal opportunities to be a college athlete. Mm -hmm. What unfortunately ended up happening is because of budget or whatever, they ended up cutting male programs to make it equal. And that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm not saying start giving all the men less money and funnel it into the women. I'm just saying that there are so many more men who have fought in the WEC, fought in strike force, and have a ton of UFC fights that they are getting the majority of that chunk, and we're just left high and dry because we were just recently added. That doesn't mean we haven't had full careers, you know, and that these women don't deserve it. It's that we're not the same as, you know, just a younger guy who's just made it in the UFC, and we, we shouldn't be treated that way. Hmm. Wow, this is a this is a fascinating, fascinating case study. It's a fascinating argument that you have. I I think it's. I mean, your experience. What has it been like when you've voiced things to the UFC, or have you ever had to voice anything? I mean, are, are, do you think that they're going to be open to this? Do you think that they purposely did this? Is it is this an oversight? I mean, I, I think they would agree that. Uh, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't think that it was like purposely because if you look at it on paper, it appears fair. You mm -hmm. know, I don't. I don't think that they're out to like screw over the women or if they were, then they wouldn't have even added them and to begin with. Right. Like, I really think that when they examine it from that perspective and see, you know, 86% are on the first tier, you know, like that they'll see that that's not fair. And I would really hope that Reebok also would try to, you know, make amends and try to fix that problem. Something I've suggested. On, I don't, I, I was going to say okay, something that I've suggested on this show and I know you watch the show every week. So this is old news for you, but, uh, <laughs> um, I think that there should be a formula of ranking times tenure times position on the card. So I feel like that accounts for everything. That account, you know. I agree it, with that. There are a lot of people, you know, who's to say Paige Van Zant won't main event her next show? I mean, she's certainly popular, but she's only been, you know, in the UFC for two official fights, right? Uh, so yeah, and should Conor McGregor be on the twenty five hundred dollar pay scale? No, he got a personal deal. But if you look at just the number of fights he's had in the UFC, sure. that's where he would qualify, you know. But no, he shouldn't be there because he draws a lot of attention. And, you know, he's fighting in a title fight. Oh, well, I guess the criteria is different if you have a exactly. title fight. Yeah. Say, yeah. That, say that he isn't the title holder. Then he has three fights in the UFC. No, he's worth more than that, you know, and to Reebok and the UFC. And they should be compensated appropriately. Yeah, and if you're in a main event... I think that should mean something. I think a guy like Todd Duffy will only be like twenty five or five thousand max, and he's fighting against Frank Mir in the main event. And there are a lot of other cases. So, what, what do you make of my equation? Yeah. Do you like that? No, I absolutely do. It seems very fair, and it also makes it on a more case by case basis. Right. And I like the ranking in there too, because there's no, I don't really like mean to offend the people who've been around for a long time, but some people have fought a lot of fights, and they are now past their prime. And maybe they don't generate the same attention as a young up-and-coming person like a Conor McGregor. And so really, like, it should be that if you are, if you do have a higher ranking, you know, it isn't just time put in. It's the amount of attention that you would generate and how skilled you are as a fighter still. 
So how how would we describe Sarah McMahon right now? Are you a frustrated, you know, considering this and and your inability to get a fight? Is the state of your career a frustrating one? Uh, no, I just so I'm not like solely monetarily driven, but I am driven by fairness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the fact that even if it did keep me in the twenty five hundred, I wouldn't be like excited about it because I'm taking a huge pay cut. But um, if it were fair, if it were truly fair, I would just accept that, okay, well, you haven't had that many fights in the UFC, and, and that's what you have to do, and you just have to get more fights, and I would accept that. But um, the the part of not having opponents, especially coming from my wrestling background, where I don't even care if it was a, a timid little college girl and that were her first match wrestling freestyle, she at least would show up and do her best. Mm-hmm. And I can respect that. And the people who aren't going out there and fighting, I don't respect that. Mm. Even if it's someone coming off a loss, you don't care? No, no, I don't care. Because wow. I just came off of a loss that I don't feel like I should have had. So, sure. yeah, I don't care. Yeah. They're good fighters that are just coming off a loss. No problem. I'll take it. All right. So what's the next step here as far as getting the fight and, and, and the Reebok thing? You're, you're going to talk to a lawyer, and then you're going to talk to the UFC? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. Okay. And, and just to make sure that I have my, you know, I'm not coming to them unrealistic. Right. And then you're preparing, at least right now, for July 15th. Yes. All right. <laughs> for who the hell knows. But it's not going to be Katz <laughs> and Gano. Or is there a crossman, I'm betting. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it remains to be seen. I appreciate anything else you want to get off your chest. I feel like you, you came with a lot. <laughs> No, um, no, I'm I'm pretty good, thank you. Okay, always a pleasure to talk to you, Sarah. I'm sorry that uh, you know you're you're dealing with this stuff, but uh, hopefully it gets resolved sooner rather than later. Good luck getting the fight. Yeah. Good luck with the Reebok stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All the best. Um, thank you. All right, there she is, Sarah McMahon, silver medalist, Olympic Games wrestler, of course, coming off that fight against Misha Tate, tough one. Looked like she had her there for a second, but uh, unfortunately, as she uh, she discussed at length. Couldn't get it done. Looking for a fight now. If anyone's listening, anyone in the 135-pound division, you're looking for a fight too? You got someone who wants to fight you. Tough fighter, but hey, she's ready. All right, that does it for today's interviews. We went almost an hour longer than we should have with the interviews. Uh, let's quickly reset because last week we didn't get to do it, and I really want to share this interview. Let's go inside the vault here. We're talking about the light heavyweight division. We're talking about the belt. I have to talk about this with New York Rick on the back end of Inside the Vault. But I wanted to go back to March 19, 2011. That is the the date that John Jones became the new UFC light heavyweight champion. That's the last time we crowned a new champion in the UFC's 205-pound division. It was in Newark, New Jersey. He defeated Shogun Hua that night. Of course, UFC 128. After the fight, I caught up with Rashad Evans in the crowd. In the crowd. Great stuff. Remember, when Jones won, they brought Rashad into the cage. They faced off. It was a, a pretty intense moment. The former friends, training partners, all that stuff. And, and it was just weird. A lot of tension. I caught up with Rashad in the crowd. And that's where he dropped the bombshell to the world that he was no longer with Jackson Winklejohn. In that interview. First time. It was, it, it was pretty shocking stuff. I mean, we all kind of thought something would have to happen. But we didn't know what... He dropped it in this interview right after the UFC 128 main event. Here it is, Inside the Vault, March 19, 2011. 
Post-fight at UFC 128 where John Jones just defeated Shogun Hua Rashad. You were just in the cage. What was that experience like for you? What was that moment like? Uh, you know, I just I, I thought about it was going to happen before it even happened, so it's just whatever. Was it awkward considering your friendship with John? Um, this whole situation is awkward, you know, but uh, it is what it is. You seem to um, be experiencing some mixed emotions right now. Yeah, I'm happy for the dude. He went out there and he fought well. You know, I'm happy for him that, you know, he, he looked phenomenal. But at the same time, he got that strap, so now I got to go and get it. Were you pulling for Shogun so that you wouldn't be in this situation? Nah, I, I know I was going to fight him. No matter if you lost tonight or not, I was going to fight him. What do you think of his performance? Phenomenal. Great performance. Did you expect him to dominate the fight that, that easily? Yes, I did. From the minute they, they called that he was going to fight him, I knew he was going to destroy him. And, and when you're watching that, are you thinking of how you will fight him now? Or you haven't really... I been know how to fight him. I train with him. Right. What do you think you're going to do? Will you train with Jacksons or stay at Grudge? Do you know? I'm done with Jacksons. You're done? done? How come? I'm done. You feel as though they betrayed you? I'm done. I'm done with Jacksons. Last question. When do you think the fight will happen? Uh, whenever John's ready to do it. Are you ready? Always. Thanks, Rashad. I'm done. That's what he said. He has not been back. Of course, he is a, a leader over at the Black Zillions, but that was, that was pretty shocking stuff, pretty powerful stuff, March 19th, 2011. All right. New York, Rick. I am here. <laughs> I mean, can I just ask you a question? Oh, by the way, I have to, uh, you reminded me with your hat over there. This episode of the MMA Hour is presented by NOS. No looking back, no holding back, and absolutely no regrets. Find a NOS near you at findnos.com. So Bobby Green shows up, five deep. Yep. I mean, I got three over there. Where were you guys? Well, first of all, if you're going to rep the 514, then you don't get the 718. Why not? No. Come on. All right. F that. I'll rep the 514 till I die, mother effers. <laughs> um, yeah. You can't you can't call for backup from the seven one eight when you're when you're talking about Montreal this and that. Well, I feel like I can. I mean, I'm an adopted member. I I just went on. I talked about America at the beginning of the show about how I feel like <laughs> no uh, one no one sticks up for me. That was by the uh, way, my mom was texting me in the middle. She would have had my back. Oh, <laughs> that was uh, she did not like it. Well, I thought that was great. It was incredible. Well, this I mean, this is my mother. She gets a little she gets a little yeah. anxious when Rampage gets too close. You know. Um. That was, fun. I mean, from back here, that was a lot of fun. You know, I got to admit, I know, you know, a lot of people I would say, you know, I'll give you a pass. But I know Iaquinta listens to the show. I was thinking he was going to call in, but, you know, maybe we'll get him on in the, uh, <laughs> in the near future. That was, uh, that was intense. I couldn't tell if he was, like, really mad at me or just having a go, as the, uh, the Brits say. It was very intense. I know you're a big Bobby Green guy. I, I love Bobby Green, and I thought he brought it today. But he was off. By the way, can we just say something? Dad, you know, Dad, Coach, Dad. Yeah. The comment about Longo, Sarah, Sarah Longo. I felt like they completely, they completely ruined their entire argument with that comment. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Sarah Longo is the camp that is known for developing talent from the ground up. Like right. that's they the camp. They don't have a lot of guys, but all of their guys, pretty much. Our grassroots are, guys. Our guys that they took from the start. They're yeah. all New York, Long Island guys. I mean, like, you don't even have anyone from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, they're all yeah. Long Island guys. 
Um, I agree with you there. Yeah. Wild. All right. Well, that's Bobby Green. Intense, but we like him. That, it's I fun. Mean, that was fun. It's fun to have interviews like that. People that keep you on your toes, that bring it, that are passionate. We appreciate his time. We appreciate his candor. I thought it was fun. And by the way, holy moly, I know July is a great month. I am now infinitely more excited for that fight than I was, you know, an hour and a half ago. Bobby Green, Ally Quinta. Don't boo me versus what's Bobby Green's line? We have to come up with a line for him. He must have said something, a bunch of stuff. I'm real, something. He said something. He doesn't need a line. He'll just do the thing where he shakes his head. You didn't hit me, this one. Do you, do you think the Bobby Green? Do you think he was feeling my heat, though? I mean, I feel like at one point he was like, <laughs> oh, damn, I didn't know this guy brought it like this. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, um, but I think you stood your ground. I did stood my I mean, he, I always get a little annoyed when guys are like, oh, this is a game to you. This is not a game. This is my actual job. Like, if this goes away, I don't have a job, I don't have money. They think, like, because I have maybe toys on the desk or something, it's a game. <laughs> it's not a game. Trust me. Trust me. I work very hard to put the show together, and everyone... It's not a game. It. Not a game. It's not a game. Not a game. Um, okay. Uh, should we get... Uh, I know I want to talk to you about the belt thing. Is that going to come up here? In some capacity. Okay. I mean, we'll, we'll, uh, just jump into it whenever you feel okay, is appropriate. Okay, okay. All right. uh, please comment on DC's post-fight antics. Does this guy get it or what? Love DC playing up the heel role. Well... I said it a little bit at the top. I thought it was absolutely brilliant because the best characters are the gray characters, not the white ones, the black ones, the gray ones. You get what I'm saying? Like Stone Cold Steve Austin was a gray character. The Rock was a great character. If we're going to try to compare this to pro wrestling, that was a tremendous promo. It was an A-plus promo. It sets up the Jones fight. And then once he was done with that, he set up the Bader fight. And he continued to do so on the show. He dropped the mic. It was fantastic. I mean, th there's nothing bad you could say about it. And then, you know, if you could say, oh, you know, he wasn't respectful. He didn't give a shout out to his family and all that stuff. He did that all in the post-fight press conference. This was the moment that will be played over and over and over again leading up to the Jones rematch if it ever happens. He's a great character. He doesn't care. He doesn't mind ruffling feathers. And then, you know, being the good guy like you saw him here today. So I think that's the best. Yeah. At the end of the day, they just have to care about you. And he does a good job of getting people to care about him. That in-cage interview is not the time to do that. And, you know, save for like a Mark Munoz situation. Yeah. That's your time to cut the promo, call out who you want to call out, get your point across. Then in the post-fight, you know, when you're digging a little deeper like you did. Yeah. That's when you, that's when you get out the heartfelt stuff. Yes. It was fantastic. Uh, speaking of the post-fight. Yes. Was it real? Or were there prearranged theatrics involved? What was your take on the timely confrontation between Cormier and Bader? Was it completely Bader's idea? So his name is clearly uh, there in line just in case. Or is there any remote possibility that it could have been slightly worked? I don't mind either way. Uh, the excitable mark that I am. I, I, brought, I bought into the confrontation anyway. I'm James sorry. Glory. James Glory. Very uh, smart guy. All we have to address is the end. I don't mind either way. The excitable mark that I am. I bought into the confrontation anyway. Then who cares? If you bought it, then run with it. Who cares? At the end of the day, guys, we have to remember this is just sports. And if 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 something like that, look at the views on that thing. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Saying a game. Can't, can't say it's <laughs> just sports. <laughs> no, but it's sports. And it, and as fans, if we can get excited, and especially something that I mean, again. With all due respect, who's ever felt this way about a Ryan Bader fight? And now all of a sudden, I will pay good money to see this fight. Everyone loves a good rivalry. And I, 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 look, I saw Bader. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I saw Bader after the fight. We interviewed him quickly. The guy was, like, shaking. He was fired up. Who knows what goes on behind the scenes? I mean, at the end of the day, I don't want to look behind that curtain. If you believed it, if you liked it, if you bought into it, then who cares? 
Cormier needed about the length of a vine uh, to get me interested in him versus Ryan Bader. Took it took about six seconds or less. No one's been able to do that, right? I'm I'm all in on on Bader Cormier. Uh, when that fight was announced for New Orleans, it was an it okay was like fight. fight. It was like yeah. whatever, but I'm I'm all in. I don't care if it's fake, real, whatever. It felt like a rebound fight. You know, when it was first announced, right. now it feels like, ooh, we got a grudge match. And, 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 and again, to be honest, there's not much else out there. Exactly. And also, could you imagine? Could you imagine if John Jones beat Rumble on Saturday? What would they do with John Jones? He'd literally have cleaned out the division. Yeah, no how many times do we say that about it? No, every, no, no, but honestly, guy, honestly, look, right now, if John Jones beat Rumble, which was very possible, what I'd would you still do? like to see a Gustafson fight again. I mean, coming off ma- a loss? Ma- look, I'm not, I'm not about to. You'll, you, I think by the end of the show, people know how I feel about John Jones and, and his his status as champion. But what would you do, honestly? But, what would you do if he beat Rumble on what, Saturday? Whatever John Jones wants to do. If he wants to fight some guy in a rematch, good. If he wants to fight the heavyweight champion, good. Oh, that's a, that's. A, I'm, I'm talking about light heavyweight division. There weren't any options. Now all of a sudden, you have Ryan Bader in a legit. What options title do fight? we have for Ronda Rousey? Betch Kohea, she's fighting. So you can find a Betch Kohea in light heavyweight. Honestly, there isn't one. Look. You, can, really, you can find one. There's nothing going on. Anyway. We, we say this about every champion. It, no, but that's, saying, like, that's when we say, like, oh, in two fights, three fights. I'm saying if he just fought three days ago, there would literally be nothing for him. This is me trying to turn a negative into a positive. I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is, DC being champion, it's almost like the DJ thing that I said uh, a few weeks ago. If DJ just kind of like took a break for a second, it's not going to happen. I don't want it to happen. The division would evolve. Jones being away and hopefully everything works out for him and he can come back at some point in the future. It's not the end of his career. Might end up being a positive thing for all involved because the division will evolve in his absence. Uh, no, there's The division is never cleared out. There's always somebody. Uh, it, it may be somebody further down the line, but there's always somebody. Mm. Speaking of John Jones, if John Jones comes back and gets his title shot versus Daniel Cormier, let's assume he's still champion then, uh, and he loses, does he deserve to get more than one title shot because of who he is? Anderson got knocked out and got an immediate rematch. And if you remember at the UFC 182 post-fight press conference when asked if he felt bad for DC, John said he doesn't feel bad because if DC won, he would have been talking all type of trash like he did after he won the title on Saturday. And as more time passes uh, and John Jones doesn't fight, I think how much of his uh, think of how much of his skills will lose, like Vitor this weekend after not fighting for a year. Wait, so the question is, if Jones comes back, if, if he and comes loses, back and loses to Cormier, does he get another one? Silly question. Let's, let's, There's a lot of ifs there. If yeah, he comes back, if he loses, if he gets another one, next. Wow. Yeah. Dismissed. Dismissed. We don't got time for this. We're running out of time. You got a plane to catch. I got a plane to catch. Uh, do you want to quickly talk? Um, T- title belts before we move on to Belfort and okay. uh, Weidman. So you strong. I, I, I've had my say. You strongly believe that your guy. Well, if, first let's address the fact that you're calling it the lineal championship. One hundred percent. It's not the what? lineal championship. What? What is jo- the John Jones is the lineal champion. You have to get in the cage and beat the cha- the lineal champion to become the lineal champion. But that's how it's passed on. The actual belt does that, but that's not a lineal championship. If 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 you look. At the history books, it goes from one guy to the next, right? Yes, it goes from one guy to the next. But the person who is not a title holder can still pass on the lineal championship uh, when you when they are defeated in the cage. That's how it works. You're so, talking fantasy world. I'm talking real world. I'm talking about the real world. The lineal championship is passed on by 
defeating somebody in the cage. It's not always the person who is the belt holder. Again, that's fantasy world. He no, disqual- that's how lineal championships he work. He disqualified himself. You're you're not talking about lineal championships. It's not like he went and signed somewhere else. It's not like he got injured or something. He did something to get stripped. I'm not telling you that John Jones is is the okay, keep going, reigning keep going. UFC champion. Give me your I'm whole argument. I'm telling you argument. that the lineal championship mm-hmm. is passed on by fighting in the cage, and whoever is holding that championship, again, not always the belt holder, then passes it on to the next guy. So he is not the lineal champion. Disagree. It's not a. It's a fact. It's not. It's, there's nothing okay, to disagree with. Go ahead. Um, having said that, I think that, it, it, I think we can both say that John Jones is still the best light heavyweight in the world. Correct or incorrect? Absolutely correct. Uh, the belt is supposed to represent the best light heavyweight in the world. Correct S- or incorrect? Sometimes not. So what is it supposed to represent? Well, no, no, no. Okay, say say the question again. I thought you said something else. The belt. Yes. The, the belt that uh, Daniel Cormier is wearing. It should represent, but sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it doesn't. In the past, it has not. Sometimes. For example. And now, okay, let's okay. look at it from this perspective. You're Daniel Cormier. Yes. You're UFC champion. Yes. Are you thinking, I'm UFC champion, I'm UFC champion, uh, I, really, I yes. really lucked out that John Jones had personal problems, or are you saying... Uh, whatever, I'm UFC champion. I'm not thinking about that. I'm probably going with a bit of both, to be honest. I don't know if there's a right answer here. I'll tell you why. A lot of people forget this. At the end of the day, as we were talking about with Bobby Green, the point of this whole thing is to make money, right? I yeah. mean, championships are nice and all. But until you are a champion, you don't get certain per- perks, right? Yeah. Daniel Cormier now gets those perks. That's absolutely correct. So all these people who call him a paper champ, like he'll take that paper champ and wipe his butt with it. He's the champion. And in his contract, it states, as champion, you get certain perks. That right? contract's written on paper just as much as the belt is. Oh, that is bullshit. That is such bull. You're going to say that Daniel Cormier is not the real UFC light heavyweight champion right now. It's paper. That John is... Jones, until... until there's, now, there's an expiration on this. I said, some people have asked me on Twitter, you asked me this, uh, about George St. Pierre. In my opinion, I think GSP could come back now. And beat both Robbie Lawler and Johnny Hendricks. And I think that he, for all intents and purposes, is still the champion. Now, there's an expiration on this. Um, there's a certain he time where, in the year. where he's given up. The, um, yeah. So uh, Anthony Pettis hadn't, hadn't fought in how, how God knows how long every sure. time he's defended his belt. But I, but I think um, that's wrong. I think a year and you're done. Now, the Pettis thing is a, is, is a very rare situation. You Cain know Velasquez. I think he should have been stripped. I said it on UFC tonight. So, But my point is... Wait, wait, let me just say, Pettis thing weird because of the ultimate fighter. He was ready to come back, and they delayed it. So they kind of did it to him. That's why it's a bit of a unique Regardless one. Regardless of I how it happens. I think 365, if you don't have a title fight book, you know I've said this, you're done. Regardless of how it happens. Right. I think the belt is supposed to represent the best fighter in that weight class, and I think that John Jones is that in this case. Um, and listen, I've predicted for three years in a row that Daniel Cormier would win the championship. This is not how I first saw it happen. I predicted that the for problem, three years. The problem that you and all these other haters are having right now is you can't distinguish between the best in the world and the champion. That's the problem I you're can, having. I can distinguish the it. The best in the world. But what I'm saying is that championship champion. is meaningless Things happen. Now. No, it's not. That's BS. It, me- it means... It means... This is a guy who's 16 and 1. Look. Yeah, that, he's 16 and 1. You yeah. know who has that one? Oh, you know who owns that one? Absolutely. He is the best in the world. No one's taking that title away from him. That's a real thing. 
but the UFC light heavyweight champion. So, so, so basically, let, let's let's ask this: When is this expiration date? That, that you speak I don't of? know. Oh, but you, it, you can't. You have to have a date. You can't I did, be, why? Well, because when I buy milk, it says a date on it. I need to know when it's done. I can't. I can't, I can't just be like a, this 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 number that, that no. it's going to hang in the, in the air, and then one day you're going to wake up and say, "Okay, now he's the champion." What? It's a very real thing. When it's when it's when it's without a shadow of a doubt that John Jones will not return. That's when it's real. And if John Jones returns, then you can't make you can't even make the case. He's the guy. You need to move on. He did something that was allegedly very serious. They can't just they can't just hold up the division. I was talking to someone uh, very close to John Jones this weekend and I said, "Man, could you imagine DC Jones, New Year's Eve, Vegas?" They were like, nah, Ve- "New Year's Eve? No, 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 that's too soon. That's too soon." Okay, so let's just say that's too soon, right? It's not happening. That's what they said. Who knows? This is before the DC fight, so who knows? He, he may Tell have seen... Tell me this. Wait, wait, New Year's Eve, too soon. That means he'll be gone for more than a year. Tell me this. You relinquish the belt. Tell me this. Tell me this. Whenever that, that fight happens, let's assume that it happens. Let's assume John Jones comes back in yes. a year and a half. Yes. Whatever the, whatever the time frame is. And he absolutely demolishes Daniel Cormier. Yes. What did that belt mean? Tell me what it meant. But these things happen all the time. It's like, okay, again. It's Tell very, me what it signified. It signified exactly what it signified, that the guy got in trouble. He came back. The division moved on. Other people held the belt. That physical belt was taken off his waist. He cannot walk around with that belt and say, I am the owner of this belt. And he let them borrow it while he was gone. He didn't do anything. He let them into his no. house. No. Stretch your feet out. His have boss, a good time. Per his but contract. Once, once the master comes back to the house... His, his. His, his contract states that there are certain things you can't do. And in his meeting with the UFC, they determined that he did certain things. Maybe you could say multiple times. So he's on timeout. That he, that he, yeah. And in timeout, privileges are taken away from you. When I put my son in timeout, he can't play with his toys. Well, guess what? John Jones had his toy taken away. So why should, every, why should everyone else suffer? So, so, so Daniel I'm Cor- not trying to make the case that everyone else should suffer. But then they're I'm trying to make the case that they're just playing with his toys. But that's not that's fair. his toy that so they're what? playing with. So forever, forever and ever, John Jones, you know, because he's well, been John so Jones never comes back for his toy. Then it's then it wasn't his anymore. No, but, but if but he does, these guys, is. these guys have legacies and careers and families to feed. He's able to sit on that belt and do all this other stuff, and they're not able. You know, like Daniel Cormier is not able to cash those chips in. You know, those perks as champion. Rumble wasn't able to do that. This is from this is from. Outside perspective. From Daniel Cormier's perspective, run with it as far as you can. As I just said, I want to see Bader Cormier. I'm interested in, in Daniel Cormier as the, the, the reigning UFC light heavyweight champion. Anyone who calls it a paper champion or a paper belt doesn't understand the game. You don't understand the game. These guys, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they are trying to make as much money as possible. It's prize fighting. And that belt is their ticket to making more money, to getting more prizes. You think Daniel Cormier is sitting up at night saying, oh, oh, this belt, if only I could beat John Jones. Sure, he wants to beat him, but that just cashed in a hell of a lot of chips. No, he's not mad. He's so, not like, upset about was, winning the belt. It's, it's so juvenile to say, oh, he's not the real champion. He's the paper champion, all this stuff. That's not the point. They don't give up. You think if Ryan Bader wins, he's going to be upset about it? No, this thing moves along. Life goes on. If, 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 if fighter X. Why would he be upset if he won anyway? Because if he won a fight, why would he because be Because I see the responses to people on, 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 on Twitter, social media, they're saying like, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. It's a paper belt. Like, what do you want him to do with it? No, he's going to be happy when he wins just as he would be any other time. But it comes with an asterisk. It comes with a caveat. John Jones looms. 
Of course he looms. He's the best in the world. He's undefeated 100%. But sometimes the best in the world isn't the champion. It's just like back in the day. Vader was the best in the world. He wasn't the UFC champion. The belt, the title of champion, all that stuff, what does it mean? It, you're saying they have it. I'm not arguing whether they have it or not. I'm is, arguing what it means. This is an organization that has given title shots to guys coming off of losses. You know, guys have changed weight classes and never proven themselves in a weight class. And they thought, like, all of a sudden we're going to be all, you know, high and mighty here and be like, oh, you know, come on. Like, it wasn't like they just decided because they hated John Jones to take away the belt. And by the way, back in the day, like, BJ Penn left and they took the belt off him. No one said, you know, thanks to those guys. No one said that, a oh, paper belt. It's a, it's a ridiculous statement. John by the Jones... Way, got himself, you know, in some hot water. He has to figure out his life. And they've already said that when he comes back, he could get a shot at the belt. But I think it's disrespectful to tell all these other guys who are fighting for this paper belt that it means crap. Okay, it's completely disrespectful. I, I think we've both made our point there. Uh, let's leave it on this, though. But that thing that you said Wait, about BJ Penn... Wait, you get BJ the final Penn, say? No, I'm just... Uh, I'm act- that, what you just said encapsulated it nicely. But the thing about BJ Penn, you know, when he went to the other organization and left yeah. the UFC... That's how like a lineal cha- lineal championship is passed without being the belt holder. If I, he left, that that championship goes with BJ Penn, the next person to be I get, BJ I get Penn. Your point. I get your point. Anyway, I get your point about that. Eh, no, no, I'll, I'll concede that the word lineal, fine. But you get what I'm saying also about the look, we the just, history books, we, right? Oh yes, but we we just disagree on this. But I I don't think that any Daniel Cormier should be very proud of himself. He is the UFC's light heavyweight champion. Hmm. I win. All right. Vitor Belfort. Vitor waited a year and a half uh, to fight for almost three minutes. Was it worth it? And should other fighters consider this when sitting out for a title shot? Okay, okay, okay. Um, wait, say it one more time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Vitor sat out for three years to wait for the title shot. Is this something that other fighters should think about? No, no. What? He looked like, you know, he looked very bad. Um, so you're saying take some fights between the title shot. Oh, oh. That's okay. what they're oh. saying. Um, well, I mean, at his age, well, let's not forget also that, you know, he was out for quite some, he was only eligible to come back in December. Don't forget about that. So he only really had to wait five months. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Because of the drug test. So uh, I think sometimes, but, you know, once you reach a certain point in your life, uh, again, as I was saying, the belt allows you to cash in a lot of chips. And people forget that. This Again, like with Bobby Green, my main man, Bobby Green, this isn't a game. This isn't a game. And if you're on the cusp of, you know, of, of, of uh, being able to check off that little box, champion, a lot of other things come your way. And, and, and I think fans forget that sometimes. On board with Chris Weidman, question mark. Is Chris's status confirmed or is there still a debate to be had? Uh, this person says the naysayers will still have some ammo. His big wins have uh, all have some mitigating factors. Munoz at the end of his time as an elite fighter. The oft-discussed Silva wins. 38-year-old Belfort off the yada, TRT. Yada, yada. Okay, okay, okay. I've, I've weighed in on this. You weigh in. Do you feel like he's turned the corner? There's nothing for Chris Weidman to prove anymore. But th- don't you feel like after Saturday something's changed in the way people view him? I, I f- for me, remember, I was very... Uh, uh, confident that Machida would would not only give him a tough fight, but I thought Machida would win. Um, after the Machida fight, I felt completely different about Chris Weidman. He showed, you know, that he could handle adversity and he could uh, last for five rounds. He could he can finish fights. There's nothing left for Chris Weidman to prove in the octagon. He's been in every type of fight um, and he's looked incredible doing it. This one was just another one. He took v- Vitor's best shot in the first round and then completely dominated him. Okay. If, yeah, but, uh, if you're not a believer in yeah. Chris Weidman at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, there's there's nothing else he could do, but there is more for him to prove. Let's not let's not get it twisted. As in, like Luke Rockhold and Jacare yeah. coming up. Certainly, there there are good opponents out there for him. But if you're if you're questioning whether 
uh, Chris Weidman belongs at the top and has proven himself, uh, you know, the, the Silva wins, whether, whether they're tainted or not tainted or whatever the case may be, um, by the injury and by the fact that he was playing around, it, it doesn't matter at this point. He's gotten in there and beaten the other top guys as well. Vitor earned his title shot, uh, as did Machida, and he took them both out. Definitely the, one of the very best in the world, pound for pound. And by the way, I want to just say one more thing. Is it time that DC gets some pound for pound love as well? I think he did. I think he, he did? got moved on to it. I, you know, Double I mean, check. Oh, yeah, he's now ninth. I mean, I think he should be higher. This is a guy who was undefeated as a heavyweight, probably could have won the belt there, and, and now he's the UFC champion at I, light heavyweight. I, I like that he's getting it. Yeah. Uh, Brown versus Arlovsky. Do you think that surpasses Diaz versus Daly as the greatest one-round uh, fight of all time? And what, if not, why? Well, why does it have to surpass? Why can't they both be great? Well, I mean, for me, it doesn't come close. Which is better? Diaz Daly is is the holy grail. This one was damn. This was pretty. This damn one good. was damn good. But Diaz versus Daly is the holy grail, only because it looked like at various times both guys were going to win that fight, and it wasn't like when uh, Brown, you know landed that shot against uh, Arlovsky, where, but for 99% of it, it was Arlovsky teeing off. Uh, Diaz versus Daly had a, a much more defined and clear back and forth, um, and that, that it's going to be nearly impossible to top that one, but this one was damn good. Damn Look, good. I have to go back and, and, and watch it, but, you know, um, Bigfoot, Mark Hunt was pretty damn. I mean, they, there were some rounds in there that were tremendous stuff. This is one-round fight, though. One round fight. Oh, he's asking one round fight. Um, okay, okay, okay. I see. Uh, yeah, they're up because there, typically a one round fight means somebody got beat pretty badly. So it's hard to to have a, a great one round fight the, where it's a back and forth. This is one of those examples. The best part about it for me, it was so much fun to watch. But the best part was that it involved Andre Arlovsky. I recall being in New Jersey when he was knocked out by Sergey Khaytanov, and we're like, "This guy's done. He's got no chin. It's done." Brett Rogers, all these fights. He is finished. And for him to be in a fight like that and take those shots and keep on going, again, I, I truly believe it's, it's Jackson Winklejohn's, maybe their, their best work and, and certainly their best reclamation project. And they've had a few. And by the way, I, should, I, I would give him the title shot. I think you need to strike while the iron's hot. And uh, unless something crazy happens in Mexico, I, I, I think you got you to gotta go with him. It's a great story. You just answered the next question already. Yeah. It was about his comeback. Is, you know, is it the comeback? Uh, is it the story, the, the sleeper of the year? And all, uh, I'm sorry. Is the comeback the, a sleeper of the year? For, um, a sleeper for story of the year. Wow, that was uh, terrible. Okay, and, but here's the thing about that. Two of those fights happened last year. Remember Schaub, which was, you know, let's not forget, somewhat controversial. Well, let's Big say he, no, but if he, comes, if he fights for the title... Oh, maybe wins it. Oh, maybe, oh whatever. my God! If he wins it, it's like he's fighter of the year. For and God's sakes. you, you gave the credit to to his camp, Jackson yeah. Winklejohn. I saw Greg Jackson after the fight, and he was crying. And I don't recall Greg Jackson crying. When's the last time you cried? I asked him. He said it has been a while, but Andre has meant so much to him. He's traveled all over the world with this guy. He took on this project when everyone was kind of you know laughing at them and saying this is a waste of your time. He's done, and look what they've done. It's it's truly remarkable. Did we have to skip over a bunch? No, we're going to uh, Twitter oh, okay. now. But did we get through all of them? Yep. Okay, wonderful. Uh, should Luke Rockhold take another fight if the UFC gives Jacare the next title shot? Everyone's saying Jacare. Let's not forget, you people must not watch UFC tonight. He just had surgery. They say he'll be back in September, but come on. It's got to be Luke Rockhold. You, you agree with this, right? Uh, Luke Rockhold deserves a title shot. And I say that as somebody who wants to yes. see Jacare fight for the title. 
it sucks that we can't get the Jacare Romero fight. I don't love the Romero Machida fight to be honest. I think it's a little soon for Machida, but honestly, if I if I'm them, if the MSG thing doesn't happen, I book Rockhold and and Weidman, and I just give Jacare the winner. Just let him wait. At this point, he's coming off surgery. Just let the guy wait. He's done enough. I ain't mad at Why that. Why not? Why not? I ain't mad at that. Is there any doubt about the efficacy of TRT after Vitor's non-performance in the middleweight title fight? There were many variations yeah. of this. Well, I don't really think that we needed that performance to tell us about TRT and it being an advantage, and I'm very happy that they have uh, done away with it. Uh, he definitely looked different, and, uh, you know, credit, obviously, you got to credit Chris Weidman. I mean, Chris Weidman makes older guys look really old. Uh, he had his moments, and one has to wonder if he was on TRT, would things have been a little different? But he had his moments. Again, I'll say this about Vitor, like I said about Rumble. You know, he... <laughs> Chris said a lot, and, you know, at the end of the day, he did pass those tests. He handled that loss like a pro. You really got to give – another interview I did for Fox that didn't air for some reason, and I don't know why it wasn't posted, but he really handled it like a pro, so I tip my cap to him. Tell us, ladies, uh, is a terrifying proposition for Bisping, does, but does a win get Bisping any closer to the title shot? At, at, at this point, Michael Bisping just needs to win. You know, he just needs to... I could see one or two more and then all of a sudden start chirping for that final shot at glory. So, um, <laughs> hey. How many times have we called it Bisping's final shot at glory? No, no, no. But he still has to win. Like, uh, you know what I mean? He just... What he has to do is just win. It doesn't matter against who... Like, part of Bisping's problem... Look at his record in the last, you know, his, his resume. He's really fought a who's who. He's always taken those tough fights. You, you really, regardless of what you think of the guy, you could really say that. Just win at this point. I was on, again, UFC tonight with him, and, I, and he said, who do you want me to fight next? Who would you pick? And I said, Lightus. And he said, eh, I want someone who's a little higher ranked. I think this fight makes total sense. It's perfect. It's great that he's in Scotland. He's in the UK. Lightus is looking great. I don't think this is a gimme fight at all, by the way. I, I think this is a very tough fight for Bisping. I think he's saying the opposite. He's saying it's it's a hard fight for Bisping. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. I agree with this individual. Um, it's a tough fight, but it's not it's not uh, Jacare, which I think some people were calling for. Oh boy, it's not Musasi, right? It's 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 the next step before those guys. I think the fight makes a lot of sense for both. I think Michael Bisping will, as long as he's an active fighter, will always be in the title conversation because he's interesting, and it won't take much to get him back there. And I've said that many, many times. We've always talked about Michael Bisping's last shot at the title. He's had like 50 last shots at the title. He will always be in that conversation. That is a credit to him. Yeah, he, he is one of the most relevant guys uh, in MMA history. And, and just keeping his name out there. Do you think the UFC made the right choices uh, for this year's Hall of Fame? If not, which wings should change their inductees? Well, I will say that of course, you can pick a different guy for every... I mean, there, there are obviously an infinite amount of, of, of choices. I think they nailed it, though. I mean, BJ coming in, I know you like that. Yep. that that's perfect. I mean, who doesn't think BJ Penn? And, and it's a big name, and it's a great way to reintroduce the Hall of Fame. Perfect. Jeff Blatnick, perfect. I mean, uh, that's perfect for the Pioneer. Again, I keep saying that word, but they, they, they nailed it on that one. Um, fight is a tremendous fight. I had the chance to interview both of them. Um, I hope that will air on Wednesday on UFC Tonight. And fascinating stuff, by the way. And you could, you could really feel the tension. Ten years later, there's still tension between those two. It's unbelievable. Um, so that's Frank Trigg versus Matt Hughes 2, April of 2005. 
great fight, great comeback. That's the fight where Hughes took him across the cage after getting the low blow and almost submitting to a rear naked choke. And, and then he ended up finishing him. And, uh, and then you have Pioneer, Boss Rudin. Now, Boss Rudin, maybe you could say, oh, Frank Shamrock deserves it, but he didn't have as many fights in the UFC. But who, who thinks Boss Rudin? I hope at some point this will become like the WWE Hall of Fame, where guys who didn't have a long run in the organization may not have even fought in the organization, still get that kind of love. It really feels like they're going in that direction. They're going to make this into a big deal, broadcast it, and really give it the attention it, it deserves. Yes, do I hope to see Frank Shamrock? Do I hope to see Fedor, Sakurab, all these guys? Absolutely. But for their first effort in reintroducing this thing, they went the right, safe route. Perfect. I, I loved everything about it. I loved the way they announced it. They went on Inside MMA with Boss. Um, they announced it to the crowd, BJ Penn on Saturday, just great stuff. Um, Ant Evans at the UFC deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Shout out to Ant Evans. The, what a, what a, what a great first UFC class. Um, fantastic, right? It's, it's, I don't think it could have been done better. They did it fantastic. Just as you said, uh, they nailed it and, uh, I look forward to, to visiting it. Well, hopefully we get to see a, an actual hall of fame at some point, a physical hall of fame, but for now, this is a good first step. This is something that's been missing. The UFC has done, you know, a rather poor job of honoring its past, and I think this is a big step. Blatnik is great. I think a lot of fans don't know who he is and what a legend. Uh, in the Olympic Games, a guy who coined the phrase mixed martial arts, who, who gave this sport credibility when a lot of people wouldn't. Uh, unfortunately, he, he will not be there to accept the award. He passed away not that long ago, but... Uh, he definitely deserves it. And now you have a place for a guy like a Charles Mask Lewis. You have a place for a guy like Stephen Bonner who had the fight with Forrest Griffin. It, it all makes sense now. They they broke it up in, in a wonderful way. And I'm really excited. I, I love that kind of stuff. Hall of Fame history, that's that's something I always loved as a kid. And I'm happy that they're finally getting behind it. Is that it? We out. That is it. You can hit my music. Well, a fun show. I hope, uh, I hope everyone knew that the show is actually happening because if you didn't know that this show was happening and you're catching it late for whatever reason because it's on a Tuesday, you missed a hell of a show. Holy moly. A lot happened today. It still feels like Monday. That's the weird thing. It may be back this week, by the way. Wow. Two champions. A former champion. Bobby Green. And by the way, it's Bobby King Green. Not King Bobby Green. It's Bobby King Green. I will never make that mistake again. There is a new UFC light heavyweight champion, my friends. His name, Daniel Cormier. Is he the best in the world? No. He lost to John Jones. But you know what? That doesn't matter right now. John Jones had his physical title taken away from him. In the UFC's eyes, he broke the rules. They have to move on. And so now someone else is that title holder. Does it take anything away from John? Does it devalue what he's done in the past? Absolutely not. He is the best in the world, but without a belt. He's the uncrowned champion right now. Hopefully, he's able to settle that score. For now, we say goodbye. We will see you next Monday. I want to thank Dave Meltzer for stopping by. I want to thank Daniel Cormier. Congratulations to him. Thank you very much to Chris Weidman. Congratulations to him. Thank you very much to Joanne Calderwood. Good luck to her. Benson Henderson, all the best. Bobby Green, good luck to him. July 15th. And thank you so much to Sarah McMahon. Great stuff from her as always as well. If you missed anything, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all the good stuff. We'll see you Monday. Peace. Shabbat